Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. And my name is Daniel. And this is episode 61. Daniel, hmm. welcome back to the hot seat. How you doing? Thank you. The seat is very warm. Clementine tried to sit down in it before I returned she with took my drink. Seat. She took my seat. I was kind of beleaguered. Otherwise, I am in existential anxiety and turmoil. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you could describe yourself like as a like as a as as weather conditions, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. would you go with that? Um, Are you tornado? Are you are you twister? I'm a fault line. You're a fault line. Yeah, I know that's not a weather condition, but <laughs> there's no. some unpredictability with that. I know you can exactly. predict fault lines, but right, yeah, that's hard to. Yeah, how do I close that gap for you, man? I don't know. Some, some just some good good conversation, man. You know, good good conversation. Yeah. Dude, I'm filled with it. Dude. I'm filled, I'm filled with, with, it. with that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I've been trying to to smooth over my roughness though by just. Mm divulging in media i've been reading this week i've been playing a lot of video games reading yeah i opened a book for like the first time in a year what like an actual not like a graphic novel because i read a lot of graphic novels what was it like it was a journey what does it taste like 17 pages of george r R. martin describing weather conditions jesus christ yeah i picked up dance with dragons again which one is that four it's it's the fifth one yeah it's it's the last written book fully written and release book rather cool are we um are, are you just trying because you need a palate cleanser from what's been happening on the tv show on the tv series the hit tv show by hbo <laughs> yeah i think i'm just i'm not willing to let it end in, in the fashion that it is so i need to go back to the source material yeah. and remember where the good it was okay I, I i will vouch for game of thrones in the sense that it's still like some of the best tv out there mm-hmm. but i i will say i have a there's been at least 12 to 14 times that I said, that's a choice. <laughs> like while <laughs> like watching this latest season. Everything they're doing is a yeah. choice. Yeah. That's, it's been going on. But I will I will say to their credit, the cinematography has been very good this season. Some it's of the been great. scenes have been awesome. It's been great. The acting's pretty good. It's just the script writing and direction that I'm just kind of like, okay. Yeah, I think why? the writing I, I, leaves me feeling very challenged. Yeah. <laughs> very challenged indeed. It just... <laughs> We talk. We've talked about it a lot off yeah. air because we don't talk about it a lot on air because we don't do many of these. We we don't do a Game of Thrones like <laughs> in watch. Review. Yeah, yeah, in review. We or leave that for kind of funny. Yeah, they, you got that guy. But we just keep saying how it just feels like they could have used an extra season. Like they're rushing to a, a conclusion yeah. that doesn't feel as flushed out as it could be. Well, did you hear the reason would be because the the, the showrunners D B Weiss and was David it Garfield? Benioff? Yeah, David <laughs> Garfield, <laughs> Garfield Jones. Uh, yeah, they they got the Star Wars gig. They're going to do the next trilogy of Star Wars yeah. movies. So uh, from what I hear, HBO didn't want to have a, a an abridged version of the last two seasons. No, they were like throwing they money at them. Like, hey, keep doing it. Keep yeah. doing it. And we'll make this like the yeah. best we can. We'll They're making it whatever. fucking rain, dude. Yeah. I, I imagine like eight to ten years of doing the same thing, you might want to do something else. For I think sure. so. And maybe that Star Wars money is good money because that's Disney money. Sure, but like um, you know, you, you didn't have to fucking slaughter seven years of character development while you were doing it. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe we just been a little, little more careful with the baby before just uh, dropping it on the driveway <laughs> <laughs> on a hot day. <laughs> on a hot day. <laughs> you're trying to get groceries out of the car. And you're just like, where do I put this baby? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, other than suffering through the final season of Game of Thrones with me, how have you been? 
Let me talk to you about suffering, Daniel. Yeah, let's, so this is, what, the third part of a three-part series we've had across the last two episodes? This is a podcast, one of the podcasts. Mm-hmm. This is um, Kevin's uh, dental hijinks. We call it cavity control. Cavity control. <laughs> and uh, so I, I revisited the dentist. Uh, this is part of a multi, multi-phase journey of fixing my mouth mm-hmm. from years Let of negligence. Oh, God, it's like a fucking maw. Um, it's, it's a maw, no. They took two teeth from me. Okay. They took my upper wisdoms, mm-hmm. and they didn't sleep me. They, they just... <laughs> <laughs> shoot me with a sleep dart no <laughs> they, they didn't away. they didn't tranquilize me they they gave me some local what is it anesthetic, anesthetic yeah. there you go uh and then shot my gums up and shot the roof of my fucking mouth it was a horror show it was mm-hmm. hellraiser 2 uh, uh blood fest <laughs> yeah no no hellbound hellraiser 2 is what it's called listen Let's if they don't the have a straight. halloween horror nights house based around it i probably don't it's know not, what it is it's not real you're right <laughs> so <laughs> silent hill had one and it actually stunk like real shit they did that <laughs> <laughs> it's the water so they pulled teeth out of my fucking mouth okay. and um i was awake for it and there was a lot of crunching it was a very like it didn't hurt sure it didn't hurt but there was a it was visceral it was like the crunching you described to me you tweeted about it and it took me back 10 years to when i got my wisdom mm. teeth pulled out to where you feel it in your own skull yeah because you know they're breaking bones in your head basically there's very few moments in my life where i tell myself as it is happening mm-hmm. that I am never going to forget this experience. <laughs> and that's that's exactly what happened with pulling out those suckers. And it bled sure. a lot after. Yeah, you were bleeding all day. You were bleeding for like an entire conversation. Oh my like god, yeah. Every I, other minute you were just <laughs> spitting in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was running to the bathroom sink and just fucking having, mm. having cabin fever in there. Yeah, it was great. It was really great. The movie Cabin Fever by Eli Roth. That's what I, I mean. I try and forget that movie. I'm trying to... This is a new era for the save room. We're setting the record straight for all the stupid shit. Uh, we're gonna ca- we're our own. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> so enough. we're not gonna call shit like you know Rise of the Skywalker episode eight. Oh, uh, we did that yeah, ever yeah. again. We're never gonna fuck up like that. Save remains. <laughs> yeah. That week you you seem just torn because like you wanted more than anything to eat like chicken fingers and yes. Philly cheesesteaks and pot bellies, but you yeah. couldn't, and you I, did anyway. I was so hungry. <laughs> you did anyway. I was starving. You're not dude. a man made for liquids, right? Yeah. No, for sure not. Well, I did drink beer. Mm. They, they the recommendation was actually to wait seventy two hours after the the oral surgery before mm. you have you know a little drinky poo. Sure. Um, I cut that short by sixty four hours. So I basically waited until the end of the day, and I was like, let me pop pop open a blue moon and see how much it hurts. And you know what? It didn't contribute to the hurt. <laughs> it contributed to the better, the feel good. <laughs> I also so I did am very yeah. dangerous with with my dental things like that where. After I got my braces, they're like, oh, danger. danger? I don't know. No, I'm just imagining you using like what, like an ice skate fucking Tom Hanks style. <laughs> okay. I'm very dangerous with my dental hygiene. It was practical and he did what he had to do. And that's still one of the most resonating scenes. Of I'll the, never forget the it. 21st century. It kind of felt like I felt it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. But so like after I got my braces on, they're like, okay, same deal. Only liquids, ice cream, soft foods, basically. And uh-huh. I legit, I went to McDonald's <laughs> and I got just a bunch of cheeseburgers and stuff. I could bite into real hard. <laughs> And I think actually I got I had uh, my wisdom teeth taken out and same thing I got a sub like on h- the hardest Italian bread you could imagine. What the fuck? You're trying to give yourself a dry socket? Bone all the way, baby. Basically. <laughs> yeah. So that was an experience, but I'm glad my mouth is better. That's good. Yeah. That's you, great. You look better for it. Somebody is um, tweeting at us about Randy Pitchford. Hang on. What's That's going on? on brand. <laughs> what has he done this time? Well, I decided to tweet in a stupor this morning. Uh, uh-huh. Don't blame the game blame the players okay and then our boy one rifle decided to say attribute that quote to randy pitchford nice 
That's what we call magic. <laughs> there we go. We're getting some some social engagement these days. You know what I I'm like saying? It. You know what I'm saying there? Hey, should I do housekeeping right Let's here? Let's do some housekeeping Let's just right some housekeeping. here. We're in, in right the house. Here. The roommates are here. Let's do it. All right, here we go, man. Uh, if you didn't know, The Save Room is the only video game podcast on the internet. That's a true fact. Don't don't look that up. Don't look that up. You can find us on SoundCloud.com slash The Save Room Show or Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, and on RSS feeds across the internet. Hmm. Now, please like, share, subscribe, do whatever you need to. Get the message out there about The Save Room. Still, to this day, we have 25 combined stars to our name in terms of ratings. Really? Yeah. I thought you said it was like five. It's five, time. five out of five Oh, stars. so you're taking the stars out of each <laughs> Just review. So it could be yeah. like, okay, I got yeah. you. It's just five people. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, so some more give us all the stars right right, right, yeah. right right yeah give us every star that there ever was and wherever there's a bad take on twitter we tend to be at the center of it we're just the epicenter of disaster you can find us over at save room show we're like a roland emmerich film but like for bad takes who's roland emmerich he directed such films as independence day uh 1998's godzilla uh he also did uh 2012 starring john cusack he, okay. he gave us independence day 2 <laughs> He, he, he also worked to deliver us the original Stargate. Okay, so you're naming hits. Yeah, okay. they're all hits. Okay. <laughs> so you're saying you go to our Twitter, you're going to find nothing but Roland we're and Merrick We're a hit machine. Awesome. awesome. I mean, that's one way to view his yeah. work, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. I, I had a thought. Should we start calling Twitch users video game voyeurs? It just seems like much more accurate. Hmm. But like, yeah, you can come and be a warrior and watch me stream at twitch.tv slash the red herb. Nice. It's kind of like video game exhibitionism. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. I I kind of like it. Yeah. I was thinking about setting up a mirror so I can watch myself stream as I stream to the streamers out there. It's like people who have mirrors that like above their bed so they can watch themselves <laughs> while they have sex. Wasn't that a scene in Bride of Chucky? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Like, didn't they kill a couple in Bride of Chucky doing that? Possibly. Wow. Couples die in weird ways in horror movies. Should we just have a movie podcast? Like, yeah. like forget about gaming right now. We're just going to have a movie podcast yeah. about, like, random horror movies. I'd be down for it. Yeah, that'd be pretty good. Uh, what have you been streaming lately, other than Yakuza? Yakuza. Mm. Oh, actually, funny that you should mention, and we can get into this later, but The Witcher 3. Oh. I decided to, cool. to dust off my old saves. Got- I, had to, I had to re-download all of the DLC, because oh it wouldn't even let me pick up my save without, like, you downloaded the beard pack. You need to play the fucking <laughs> Like, the whole world will crash. The sky will fall if we let you load this save without the beard pack. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So I did a little bit of that. Well, you're back on the wild hunt. Yeah, I'm okay. on the hunt. I'm looking for Siri. Still haven't fucking found her. And the last time we played this game was 2017, according to my cloud Jesus. save. We were, we were still in Florida at we that were, point. We were still boys. Now we're men. Now we're save men. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now we're save men. <laughs> Alright, well, if books had an HDMI port, I would stream Stephen King novels. Until that day, watch me stream video games at twitch.tv slash Dungeons and Daniels. You give me too much control of the doc. Uh, you keep doing this, and I just keep letting it happen. Some days I go off the record, <laughs> or off the, the script, rather. Yeah, I got you. Um, Sometimes you gotta feel that improv in I you. just don't like being told to dance like a puppet. I'm not telling you to dance. <laughs> Is that the way you view writing? <laughs> Dang, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah much true to what i said on the the last episode episode 60 i have not been streaming 
What? People, people do not want to see me stream right now. Why haven't you been streaming, my friend? Because it's like that episode of Parks and Rec where, where Ben is just a depressed wreck and he's like yeah. disheveled and looks like he hasn't showered in a month and he's playing with clay people and it looks bad. He's doing like a stop animation film, basically. <laughs> and he's like, does this look like something, does this look like something a depressed person would make? And I fear that people would come into my stream and be like, yes, this is what a depressed person would stream. Can and ask, this is how he would live. Can I ask you what game you would stream? Like, what is peak depression streaming? Uh, I mean, for me, uh, Overwatch. Because it's oh. like, yeah, yeah, that's that's how you know I'm kind of hitting it hard right now. Because I went back to Overwatch and I had the thought to stream it. Because uh, it's just no. like, I can just take off my brain and funnel my my feelings into it. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I don't know if Jeff Kaplan's going to give us uh, any kudos <laughs> for this ringing endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> My depression game is uh, Overwatch. I guess. What else? I was thinking of maybe a David Cage game. That's oh how you know God, I hit bottom. No. Yeah. Going back to Heavy Rain, yeah. choosing all the bad options. <laughs> Killing all of my, my friends. That might be a really cool stream, dude. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Buddy, we have something that we've never had before because we never had we never had a means to open this channel a first kiss to the st- <laughs> a podcast first kiss <laughs> wow no we we have reader mail oh <laughs> yeah yeah so we had vargi and, and the roommates in the discord the other day talking about like suggested news and stuff and mm-hmm. popping little articles here and there and they're talking about how we mostly hit on stuff they'd want to hear about anyway but i was like what if we just did reader questions you know yeah, what if you guys asked us about like something you were feeling or if you had an idea for a topic maybe we could answer a question and spring a topic off of that and we got some glowing feedback i i'm just confused why anybody likes hearing our opinions Hmm. i mean we're influencers that's what it is we influence but you know you can trust us because unlike other influencers Hmm. we don't get paid for any of this we're not ninja you don't have to think that we actually liked apex legends no you can double trust our opinion when we forget that apex legends was a game yeah i I, until you mentioned it i only remember because i see chelsea playing it every day and she's out there getting those good good champion kills getting those wi- chicken wings chicken what, what is, is it called in apex what do they call them in apex it's just like good job <laughs> you did a good job great we are out there killing it chelsea so. funky kong shows up on the screen and he's just like that was fucking wild <laughs> that was wild style <laughs> Holy shit. okay well I, we decided that we should pick our favorites uh these questions were contributed by a what a long time listener a long time viewer what, what yeah we... he, he's one of the voyeurs over at the Reddit. <laughs> one of the one of the voyeurs yeah. uh tyler man tyler man thank you for this okay. uh also you can check him out twitch.tv slash tyler man 19 i believe mm-hmm. i could get the number wrong just yeah, keep on was... inputting numbers until he's been right. streaming lately he's been doing some darkest dungeon and he he wanted to play arc and i know nothing of arc so i mm. think it would be a good experiment to watch somebody play arc so i can go oh okay i'm mm. not gonna play that is <laughs> <laughs> that what, what twitch is just like a big yeah. streaming experiment yeah it's all an experiment it's a societal experiment actually <laughs> <laughs> and it's had some really dark morbid results anyway so uh what's your favorite question on this list well you, we got just like nine of them we got five questions here i think we can answer probably five four maybe like four you want to answer four? yeah do two a piece okay fine uh, rapid fire you want me to ask you one from your fucking gut if you could meet one game creator who would it be and why kojima kojima hideo kojima i would kojima because i would want to just to sp- like spend a day get mm-hmm. like an all-day movie pass and just like watch his like whatever his favorite films were just i think chill he, with that he likes amelie 
Does he, he like he Amelie? He tweeted about liking Amelie. That's fine. I, <laughs> I, I, I just want to go to a theater, kind of like the Regal in downtown uh, Seattle. Mm-hmm. Very tiny, very intimate, reclining seats. Sure. Blue Moon, $7 out front. <laughs> you, they, Popcorn. <laughs> Jumbo. We can share. They give you a responsibly sized cup. <laughs> <laughs> to go sit down i want to hang out with kojima all day watching his favorite movies i like that you're not even like i don't want to talk to him at dinner i want to sit in a movie theater with i him. just want to experience with him because i think i know there's a language barrier sure. but i feel like movies are universal and that'll be our love language to each other i like that a lot actually i wasn't expecting that answer <laughs> thought about it yeah for sure i would ask him what his uh anti-aging regimen is because i think he's like in his 50s but he looks like he's in his early 30s he I don't know. really good. I don't know. Um, and I'm afraid that he's going to start aging now that he's unable to release Metal Gears. Maybe that was the only thing keeping him afloat. It's like Melisandre's necklace from Game of Thrones. It's the right. only thing keeping him young. Right, but he <laughs> just accepts it. He looks back into the horizon. <laughs> falls. A naked mess at Winterfell. Re- releases Death Stranding, turns to dust. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a question, Daniel. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. What's your what's your favorite gaming company nowadays, and why? You gotta oh. give me a why. I, I would I, I will accept nothing shorter than four paragraphs. I mean, obvious answer yeah. goes to Naughty Dog just for their their high caliber mm, work. Good shit. But honestly, lately it's been Capcom. Capcom has been killing oh, it for me. Fuck. Yeah, I like what they're doing. They're doing good work. Are you sure this isn't just like whatever mind subversion that I hit your way by being such like a Capcom champion mm-hmm. that all you can taste and see is Capcom because of me? Because I'm like the Metatron. <laughs> Fucking Soylent Capcom over for, here. For John Capcom and his institution. I guess you've brainwashed me over the years. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Took you for a ride. <laughs> 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 Yeah, no, I think um, in terms of like yeah. what they're doing with uh, multiplayer games and their remakes and moving forward with the Resident Evil engine, mm-hmm. the caliber of work that they're just putting out with some of their more long-term franchises has been impressive. You know? Yeah, well-spoken. They they said um, Devil May Cry 5 was like resuscitated the, the franchise. Mm-hmm. Capcom themselves said like, yeah, the sales and the brand. So we're probably going to see maybe a few more down the way. Yeah. You know, exactly the way the fans and I think it was, want them. They, they announced, what, this past week that Monster Hunter World was their highest-selling game of all time. Yes. That's crazy. I, I don't have it written here any anywhere, but I think I'm going to jump back on when Iceborne comes out. They announced mm. they're doing DLC coming out September. I don't know how busy September is otherwise but october and november is what you got to look out for okay yeah yeah that's the high traffic (laughs) zone right there yeah so i'm excited for that i'm excited for what they're doing i actually have some news for them later for you guys and and people Mm -hmm. i also just really like that shit with jack baker i thought that was really tight yo he was so tight yeah jack baker is pretty tight he's pretty tight all right here's another one for you here if you had to make a game what genre of game would it be and why I would make a beat em up because I like beat em ups. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I would make a fucking beat em up. Uh, I I don't know if we've reminded the save roommates like multiple times, mm-hmm. but we're gonna start a video game uh, development studio that focuses exclusively in beat em ups. We're gonna do some in house ones first to mm-hmm. kind of get our name out there, and then we're gonna go right after licenses. We're, we're gonna make a fucking Harry Potter beat em up, Titanic 
2. Titanic 2 is going to be... Kiss from a Rose. One of our benchmark ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, you know, you see where I'm going? And then we're going to resuscitate other old beat-em-ups. And mm-hmm. be like, hey, how come Alien vs. Predator by Capcom is not on, you know, digital stores and mom and grop shops? We're going to change that for you. I, I like it. It's a great initiative. We're going to carry forward the beat-em-up. I don't think they're ready for it. No. And we're going to remake the bouncer at some point. Square Enix is a bouncer, and we're going to add two more hours to the runtime, <laughs> making it a four-hour game in total. That wasn't a beat-em-up, was it? It was a beat-em-up. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, 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 that was a beat-em-up. That okay. was like the first PS2 game. Hmm. Yeah. yeah you, you pop it in, you save, and then it's like over credits. Um, I digress. I'm getting sidetracked. Yeah, yeah, of course. You want another question on sure. here? Do, do a last one for me. All right, I'll ask you, if you could bring one company back from the dead, which company would that be? One gaming company? Yeah. Um, funny that you say dead, because I would bring back Visceral. Bring back Visceral Games. Mm, EA. Yeah, that's Bring fair. back Dead Space. That's fair. That's <laughs> Bring back fucking Dead Space. Bring back Dead Space. Um, who else? That's kind of it. I, I don't know. Um, I can't really think of any other studio. Because like, we've lost a lot of great studios in the last recent years. Yes, we have. Capcom Vancouver, Telltale. like yeah. A lot of studios that had important prominent voices and imprints on the industry. But none shook me quite like Visceral did. Yeah, yeah. Visceral. That was a, that was a sad. That was a sad uh, letdown right there. Actually, especially since they're working on Star Wars with Amy Hennig and all that shit, doing exciting things. I would bring Konami back from the dead. K- Konami is not dead. No, they're very much dead. Actually, they released a game in eighteen thousand years. Yeah, here's the thing about Konami. They posted some some of their earnings. They have the best earnings in the last five years since they stopped making AAA games than ever. And their entire business is being carried by pachinko machines. That is a true fact. They were right to leave the industry, and we just have to live with that. Hmm. We have to just look ourselves in the mirror and say, fucking Lord of Shadow hurt them. <laughs> Lord of Shadow took them down a notch. I don't want to believe it. I don't want to believe that yeah. either. It's my favorite It's my favorite show. So good. But they just made too many mistakes. They made too many mistakes. You made too many mistakes. <laughs> 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 you want to get into some gamer news? Yeah, I think we should get into some gamer news okay. here. I got I got some shit on here. I got I think seven items on here. That's lucky, or or unlucky. Who cares? Did, is there I need any... all the luck you can give me. Ooh, yeah. I mean, fate is what you make it. Sarah Connor said that. Hmm. She was in the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> we've got some gamer news for gamers here i got seven items on here number one sony and microsoft are partnering together to explore cloud-based solutions for gaming holy shit daniel this is are crazy you okay your hair is blown back <sighs> never thought we would see the day put down your arms on may 16th the console wars finally came to an end well not really but two gaming juggernauts are no longer shaking fists at each other they're shaking hands. Mm. Sony and Microsoft signed a Memorandum of Understanding, which is the first I've ever heard of it's such so a thing. so legal. Yeah, what is this? Promising that both parties will explore joint development of future cloud solutions in Microsoft Azure to support their respective game and content streaming services. That's actually from the Microsoft uh, website. Mm. Forgive me for not mentioning. Hey, question for you. What's Azure? I, I googled it. So Wikipedia says, quote, Microsoft Azure is a cloud computing service created by Microsoft for building, testing, deploying, and managing applications and services through Microsoft managed data centers, end quote. I actually didn't really know what Azure was before I wrote this. Yeah, you're like, what does it mean? I was like, I think it means blue. And then we looked it up, it it means like a blue cloudless sky. And I'm like, oh, cloud. Oh, cloud. It's clever. 
Yo, just name it Skynet. You know there, <laughs> there's fucking SDEs out there that are just frothing at the bit to name it Skynet. Come on. Anyway, the collaboration will also entail joint development on semiconductors and AI. The company's dream of merging Sony's top-of-the-line image sensors with Microsoft's AI to provide enhanced capabilities for customers. And they want to incorporate Azure AI into Sony consumer products to create intuitive experiences. I don't know, it kind of creeps me out just like reading that on paper for some reason. But like, you know, I read Philip K. Dick novels, so I'm yeah. uncomfortable with technology <laughs> and its advancements yeah. as, as a given. But while neither party address what this partnership means for Xbox or PlayStation in precise terms, they vaguely tease cloud gaming was their focus. Sony president and CEO Kenichiro Yoshida wrote, quote, For many years, Microsoft has been a key business partner for us, though, of course, the two companies have also been competing in some areas. I believe that our joint development of future cloud solutions will contribute greatly to the advancement of interactive content, end quote. Okay, yeah, you're competitive. I, so I think what happened was <laughs> they saw Google doing their thing, their big <clears throat> Stadia reveal, and they yeah. thought, you know what, we're two of the biggest fucking heads in gaming. Why don't we just join our forces and take down Google before they have a chance to stand? I'm pretty sure... I don't want to, like, say yes, that's what happened. But yeah, that's probably what happened. Yeah. They took a look at each other, and they're just like, hey, if we're going to stay in this race, we got to stay ahead of potential mm -hmm. threats. And to be honest, with Google's standing and, let's say, their financial backing, yeah, they can make some mm -hmm. fucking moves. So I think this is pretty savvy for them to say, let's uh, put aside the swords right now and try to drive the whole thing forward. I'm completely you know? okay with that. I mean... Sony's tried with PS Now, uh, and that's been an interesting streaming cloud service that they've had. And they bought Gaikai to Gaikai. do that. Yeah, and but I think Xbox has really been the trailblazer with Game Pass and their cloud initiatives. I think they're yeah, doing fantastic work. So, you know, why not join tech and assets and really combine your efforts here to make something sustainable for gamers that makes sense for gamers because they're two gaming companies mm -hmm. i feel like they understand it more than google does i don't think it's going to be on the same like wave as like hey you can download xbox games on your playstation 5 i don't think that's what's going to happen but i do think the technologies are going to play off of each other in mm -hmm. one way or another and maybe that even means there'd be shared uh, communities you know like social spaces and such where it's like hey you have a gamer tag that's like a universal shit you know mm -hmm. i i don't know what that means as far as uh, I, I do hope that means more cross-play shit. No, I think it, it'll totally open up the door for yeah. that. It'll be small-scale at first, for mm -hmm. sure. But you don't think this means that we're not going to see, like, PlayStation games on the Xbox and vice versa? I don't like, think so. I think they're still going to compete in that way because there's no reason, say, for instance, for Sony to just mm -hmm. say, we're going to give up that slice or that territory entirely to your guys just to get access to your cloud solutions. Mm -hmm. I think what that means is you're going to see some licensing deals between the two where it's like, hey, we're going to use Microsoft's cloud-based shit to really support maybe uh, a big online game that they want to do for the PlayStation. Okay. And that's just how that partnership's going to work. There's still going to be an uptake yeah. in one degree or another. And maybe, maybe part of that is just having the ability to share their technology with each other mm -hmm. yeah it makes sense but i still think there's going to be like lines to draw in the sand between them where we're like, not going to see like a unified marketplace or yeah. you know eh, the play box like i don't <laughs> think sony's ever going to get yeah. up their fucking exclusives for this deal like we're not going to mm -hmm. see uncharted or the last of us on an xbox no, uh, especially since exclusives have proven that's what drives hardware sales yeah. in the last generation for certain. We'll, we'll get into some numbers later on in one of these other news bits, too. Mm 
too <laughs> about how uh, Sony's doing. But yeah, I think it's still like an exciting prospect if it means like cooler shit, uh, neater bells and whistles, maybe mm-hmm. even stuff that's like behind the hood kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, like I'm saying, like cloud solutions for games could maybe help with rendering and, and different aspects of your actual gameplay experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that could be good shit. I like it because they're not necessarily like throwing down the swords against each other in terms of like mm-hmm. console development, but no. like this new technology that's burgeoning, that's kind of new to all of us. They're really trying to come together and innovate and make it the best it can be, which is neat. Although I will raise my hand and say it would be pretty dag nasty if a result of this partnership is that you can play your DualShock on an Xbox and an Xbox controller, vice versa, on hmm. a PlayStation. That would be neat. Just that like, would be cool. Make that happen. <laughs> that would be cool. I mean, fun. yeah, I'm sure it could exist through like a Wi-Fi connection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just do something neat like that. Do like neat things that we didn't know that we wanted, you know, mm. delight us. That, that's a big thing when it comes to like, you know, um, uh, hardware development and software stuff and software improvements. It's like, what would delight your customer? Mm. And I think that's something that both Microsoft and Sony try to think about a lot. Yeah. So that they came to this conclusion where it's like, hey, let's uh, let's uh, sign some ink and shake some hands here. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we don't really know what the result of this deal is going to be because the news kind of broke very recently <laughs> and they've been kind of mum on it otherwise. Yeah, right now it's just like, hey, it's, it's a statement. I, I want to see what it means. I don't think we'll see anything this fucking year about I mean, it. It's a, I think it's an interesting statement on Sony's behalf <laughs> because they are so in-house and so... We're going to do things our way. We're not going to play ball with other people. It wasn't right. until the summer that really, like, the crossplay conversation brought them into the light of, like, well, why won't you do crossplay on, on Sony consoles? So, yeah, I think this is a big step for them. You think this is going to be a more uh, more flexible Sony coming this generation? That they might be more open to different kinds of partnerships? Regardless if it seems like, oh, wait, that's a competitor? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if I think if they can see another company that's majorly based out of Japan take risks with an american company like microsoft why Uh not like nintendo is doing all these deals with microsoft that seems like it's been great for both companies so you know why not be a little more flexible here and there like i said they're not gonna give up the reins to their exclusives but little things we'll see yeah especially since like this is one of those things where it's like why not have two powerhouses that have had a stake in the gaming industry fucking flex their muscle against oncoming threats like google yeah you know i think that's like one of the biggest instigators where they're just like yo yeah they have some solutions up their ass we need to brace ourselves for impact and then we need to leverage our our power for like uh, exclusives and our marketplaces and our online services Mm -hmm. and really like just targeted assault together that's what I see. Yeah. That'd be cool. Hey, hmm. I want to get to the next one here. Sure. It's called number two. <laughs> number two. The next Mortal Kombat movie is releasing in 2021. I got something to live for, Daniel. Nice. <laughs> here we go. Deadline reports that Warner Brothers big screen reboot is slated for March 5th, 2021. Deadline points out this pits the film against Sony's Masters of the Universe reboot, which I did not know or care about. Uh, Mortal Kombat will be produced by James Wan and directed by newcomer Simon McQuoid. I think I'm saying that right. No plot or cast details have been revealed as of yet. The film has only just begun production in South Australia, so at least they have plenty of opportunities to choose a good Kano. Is he Australian? Yeah. Oh. You know that? I didn't know that. He's an Australian man. Hi. I'm Kano. So this is cool. <laughs> Does that sound like it? Yeah. I think that's pretty interesting. This one has been kind of like... They picked up the license, Warner Brothers, I mean, back in 2009, mm-hmm. and or the film rights, at least, and it's kind of languished in development one way or another. Uh, the dude that did Mortal Kombat... What the fuck? I'm forgetting the name. 
was it Legacy? Yes. Mortal Kombat Legacy, the webisodes that showed up on YouTube a little while ago, a couple years back. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was supposed to do the feature film adaptation, but whatever, the, the project fell apart from then. I hope that the rated R-ness that he was taking with it was going to like retain. Mm-hmm. I thought that that's kind of important for this reboot. Oh, I think kind so of too. What were the it. old ones rated like? Were they? They were PG thirteen. Okay, PG thirteen. They were a little soft pedaled, except for the exception of Johnny Cage getting his neck fucking broke mm-hmm. in the first five minutes of Annihilation. Yeah, so that happened. It's been like twenty something years since those original films. You, you think yeah. enough time has passed for like a new live action silver screen debut of a Mortal Kombat franchise? I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I, not that I really care, but like I think maybe in the wake of like the new games and like the story that's been built. <laughs> Uh, within that contained game universe maybe there's something cool to play off of i have to wonder what their approach is to it are we going to see warner brothers like you know are, are they going to try to do the shared universe kind mm-hmm. of thing are they going to like is it going to tie off into other mortal Kombat movies we got a spin-off of reptile like what are they thinking with this yeah. is this just about like get this one movie good mm-hmm. and then sequel potential like i want to see how respectful they are I mean... to even the new material. I don't want to see there. them build like an MKCU, but you know. an MKCU. Yeah, it would be too much. <laughs> this cinematic universe. That's great. How, uh, how much do I have to grind to actually get through this movie? Oh, oh, buddy. Yeah. You're not going to get the gear you want. I'm not going to get the gear I want to watch. You're in the wrong movie theater. <laughs> That's true. I need to be in the one with you and Kojima. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. patch that. <laughs> I think that's cool. I, I I think I'm trying to think like what would be an important uh, thing for a Mortal Kombat movie, like a signature that needs to be in there. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's kind of like, well, it was weird that the violence wasn't like as extreme as the video game yeah. in, in the original. But maybe they couldn't get away with that maybe. in the mid 90s. Different um, time. Plus, I would want Sub-Zero. You got to get Sub-Zero right. So let me ask you, do you have any like mm-hmm. in your head ideas for like good casting? No, not at all. Okay. Oh my god, I would have no idea. Mm. Like, I don't... Ugh. Who'd play Liu Kang? I feel like you would have to get Donnie Yen in there somehow. Donnie Yen? Donnie Yen. Okay. Yeah, I don't know who you would play. Um, Make him just play Raiden. I'd be into that. I wouldn't mind John Cho in there somewhere. John Cho? Yeah. Okay. As, ooh, ooh, as Kung Lao. That'd be cool. That would be cool. I mean, we're going to see him do some cool stuff with the live action Cowboy Bebop. I'm still waiting for a trailer. Yeah. You're going to sell me on a trailer. You're selling me on names and like, it sounds pretty dope, Mm -hmm. but I need to see what this, because it could be corny real quick. Yeah, that's true. true. Real We've seen enough corny adaptations. That's kind of my fear with Mortal Kombat, because when you look at the actual like franchise, it is like this horror fantasy fighting based world. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like, I don't know if that's an easy translation for the screen. You know, like the Marvel movies spent years and years building our trust to build up to like their cosmic sagas Mm -hmm. and like, you know, their, their magic based stuff. It took some time. It took some time. Mortal Kombat's asking us up front to deal with the fact that a man shoots ice out of his fucking hands and there's a skull man blasting fire out of his fucking face. <laughs> so, like, you gotta earn that. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, like, no, how fair. in your face it's gonna be for uh, from the offset, but maybe it's one of those things, though, like with the, the Pikachu detective mm-hmm. film, which I saw, by the way, it's like there's a buy-in that you expect from your audience right away, and I think that's what makes that movie work, where I think for an outsider walking into the Pikachu detective Mm -hmm. as played by Ryan Reynolds is just like a weird experience. Like it's an in joke that you're not quite in on. Okay. (laughs) Essentially. I think the original movies worked because what they went to an Island to participate in a fighting tournament. And for some reason that felt grounded 
Right. That was actually based on like older Kung Fu movies. Mm. Paul W.S. Anderson, uh, video game movie auteur. <laughs> we'll call him. Uh, said that that was like kind of like, like yeah, I wanted a simple kind of universal based story. Mm. And that just seemed like, you know, the hero's arc was the easiest thing to tug. Yeah. And not focus as much on like, you know, people ripping out people's hearts. So I, I don't know. I kind of want that heart ripping fucking action. I do back too. Into it. Make it gory. Did, did they ever have an animated series? They did. They okay. had like, um, it was uh heroes of the realm is what it was called it was okay. really cheesy it was like gi joe uh oh, sub-zero oh, is yeah. hanging out with sonya blade and fucking uh nightwolf they're all in a cave <sighs> and they respond to like emergencies out in the world and go beat it up without so they're like the a team yeah for okay but they don't decapitate anybody like in the games they just kind of beat them up and it's like i'll see you next week shao Kahn. that's lame is there a yeah. psa from fucking scorpion at the end yeah dude they have <laughs> scorpion he's just like don't smoke kids <laughs> If you smoke, you'll go to hell like yeah. me. <laughs> and he takes off his mask and his head's on fire. <laughs> hey, I got a number three on here for you, Daniel. Okay. Netflix is coming to E3. Wow. Everyone's preferred method of binging that 70s show is hosting a panel. Why? <laughs> Why do you attack me? That 70s show's a fine oh, show. It wasn't a jab at you. I liked the show too up until a point. <laughs> Uh, at this year's Electronic Entertainment Expo. The panel is dubbed Bringing Your Favorite Shows to Life, Developing Netflix Originals into Video Games. This is scheduled for the E3 Coliseum, which is a stage reserved for companies to peacock for gamers. In March, Netflix committed to creating more interactive content, having already offered a streamable version of Minecraft Story Mode and Bandersnatch, a special choose-your-own-adventure episode of Black Mirror. The streaming giant is likely to show more of Stranger Things 3, the game, at the panel, but hasn't detailed other potential surprise announcements. So I guess they just let anybody into E3 these days. They have to fucking sell out the space, dude. Mm, yeah, Sony left a void. People were making fun of the floor plan because they're just like look with sony gone it's like we have all these fucking companies like what is this mm-hmm. these don't these guys just sell hard drives what are they doing taking up all the space but i'm just like um i mean whatever uh it, for years now the big boys have fi- been finding like other mm-hmm. spots and whatnot so hey now netflix has room to kind of strut i mean it's not the craziest thing we've seen so many weird new emergent companies independent second party mm-hmm. kind of like have showcases I wouldn't be surprised if in coming years we see Google at E3. Um, yeah, actually, just, no. That's the future. Yeah, it's just weird. Netflix isn't the first company I think of when I think of E3. But yeah, they've been making pushes here and there with they have. Uh, Bandersnatch and Minecraft. And there's another one on there. It's like a survival game. Is there a survival game on there? I forget that. I was actually going to play it like a few days ago, but I... Oh, shit, I got to check that out. Yeah. Well, they have a, a, a choose-your-own-adventure Puss in Boots Ooh. in the Shrekverse. Awesome. <laughs> That's a fun one. <laughs> what do you think this means? Do you think they're, they're, they're saying they want to make content based off of Netflix originals? So are we going to see like a fucking side-scrolling adventure for Orange is the New Black? Like what, 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 are we, what are we playing with here? No, I think they have to work with the media that they have. It has to be just kind of choose-your-own-adventure stuff. Nothing okay. too crazy. Like you can with the format it doesn't always have to be like watching an episode of something you can do like a side scrolling thing and it's like oh go left go right do this take the poison so no. you don't think they're gonna keep on going down the path of like stranger things 3 the game which is like you can buy it on ps4 and mm. xbox and shit they might just like get more people to their service uh and, and do like the choose your own adventure thing 
I think we're going to see a lot more titles pop up. Yeah, like like we've been seeing Netflix yeah. original movies. We're going to keep seeing Netflix interactive films, games, what have Have you. we had an interactive film yet? I wonder if they're going to go down that route. Uh, Vandersnatch, <clears throat> kind of. Well, I mean, like, that, that was kind of like an episode. And yeah, it was mm-hmm. a lengthy one. But, like, are we going to do, like, a full-length fucking film? Maybe a Will Ferrell comedy where you choose his, his splat stick? It's a lot to ask for your uh your viewers i think like you you have to set up okay we're gonna have them in the seat for an hour and a half two hours make them play through and you actually have to set up expectations and make the payoff worth it whereas i feel like bandersnatch like it was kind of a letdown by the end where i was like oh that's what that was okay it was a cool little experiment had some cool ideas but at the end of it i almost rather would have just watched a full flesh out episode of black mirror (laughs) Yeah, so. yeah, they're trying to get people to engage with their platform in a different way. Mm-hmm. I I mean, maybe maybe that's just one of those things though. They they just got totally cognizant that people put on Netflix in the background and fall asleep to it. Mm-hmm. And I'd be fine with that cuz they still have a subscription. Exactly. <laughs> they're still paying. <laughs> yeah. But maybe they're trying to like uh throw in that that add value to customers and get like different people because they are raising their goddamn prices. Mm. I've noticed like uh, the $14 subscriptions going to like 16 and all the rest are like going up a few dollars mm-hmm. too. And they're just like, Oh, well, you know, we got premium content. And maybe the part of that is like, Hey, we have these interactive experiences too. So it's like, you can't just say it's just watching old fucking movies, watching home alone Four. <laughs> you know, the license renewal for the office must be very expensive. That's what I, I want an interactive office. I wouldn't mind that. It'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll get next from them. Um, yeah, I don't really have high hopes. I think it's interesting. It's a new emergent medium. And I, I don't know. I trust them to do something cool with it. But like, I don't know that I'm going to buy into it. And I don't know that I'm going to buy these games on other consoles. I would rather let companies like, well, you know, RIP, like Telltale or Square Enix with Don't Nod, like make those interactive games that work because they understand video games. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true enough. Number four on here, Daniel. The Switch has outsold the PS4 in Japan. Goodness gracious. Even though Nintendo's hybrid console released a full 36 months after Sony's fourth PlayStation, Famitsu reports that the Switch has overtaken PS4 lifetime sales in Japan. Now here we go, I got some numbers here. Sony has sold 8,077,756 PS4s in its home country. While Nintendo sold 8,125,637 Switches. Now, worldwide figures tell a different story, though, as the Switch has pushed 34.7 million units versus the 90 million PS4 sold globally. Still, it speaks to Japanese consumers' taste being more geared toward mobile hardware instead of home consoles. Thought that was pretty interesting. Hmm. Shorter amount of time, about two years on the market, mm-hmm. and outsold the amount of PS4s. I actually wasn't aware that, like, you know, they didn't vouch for the PS4 in, domestically in Sony's home country. Mm-hmm. I But kudos to PlayStation for finding other markets to hit hard in. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I, fascinating. I think me. Sony has such an interesting North American brand and identity, especially with, like, a lot of the studios we have out here. Sony Santa Monica naughty dog mm-hmm. bend you know so it's got a lot of stake in its north american audiences yeah um, i am not surprised though that the switch has outsold it in japan really at all i'm not I, just because i feel like the switch is like a jrpg machine machine and that's what sells mm-hmm. out there you know you got your dragon quest you got your fire emblem games little interstitial rpgs here and there project octopath traveler so like these are the games that speak to your japanese core audience um especially if like the asian 
market is more geared towards mobile and on-the-go gaming, yeah, this is a perfect hybrid runaway success. Yeah, I just remember the the Vita was did pretty well in Japan, and the mm-hmm. PSP was like one of the most adopted handhelds out there. Mm-hmm. So, in a lot of like the use case there is in transportation, waiting on a train, mm-hmm. commuting to work, and all that. You have the time to do that because a lot of the day is spent working. Mm-hmm. You know, so a home console doesn't quite jive with that lifestyle, especially when you're expected to go out, you know, out to work after uh, with your coworkers and mm-hmm. stuff. This is what I've heard about Japanese. Well, culture. actually, I've seen it as even a success uh, in that way in North America. Like a lot yeah. of the influencers we follow who commute or travel a lot, like they always have their Switch with them. They're always using yeah. it, always playing it, always on flights or at airports or at hotels. And it's like, yeah, it's the perfect on-the-go thing, whether it's traveling for work or just daily commutes. Yeah, so it does better. And then it has the right kind of games, you know? It, mm. It's got those JRPGs, like we're saying. Mm. So I I wouldn't imagine that the PS4 is, dev- like I wouldn't say it's devoid of JRPGs, jrpgs i i think it's just a case of like hey i a fucking hybrid console fits my lifestyle much better Mm -hmm. yeah i'm so yeah i'm not necessarily surprised it's just kind of amazing that it pulled those numbers in a shorter amount of time yeah in two years i would be surprised though what the ps3 is what uh six years out i want to see the switch is number six years out i feel like it would probably have eclipsed the ps4s um yeah. I mean, that's a huge gulf to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they switch over to PS5 and like, you know, we, that's going to be an interesting thing. The Switch is still going to be out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't imagine Nintendo is going to have a response to the next Xbox and PlayStation mm-hmm. like immediately. It's going to be kind of like what it is now, like three years after the fact. I actually think the Switch is going to have very, very long legs. I wouldn't be surprised if it survived for as long as like the Wii did or even like mm-hmm. the 3DS yeah well i don't know the 3ds hit like a fucking lightning strike and so I, did this the, well, it's hitting well but the 3ds was like its success is unparalleled mm-hmm. still i think it's outsold most home consoles it's fucking amazing but so there'd be a lot of legwork mm-hmm. that the switch would have to do to get there that's fair but yeah well i mean we will see it's just interesting to note in japan they've picked their side daniel hmm. they have picked <laughs> And history is going to remember that we're on the wrong side. It's true. We picked our PlayStations. <laughs> we picked our PlayStations. When is PlayStation going to leave us behind? I don't like that thought. <laughs> yeah, that's, we're that's, all, I've moved forward. Let's move on to like the next that. one. I don't like let's, that. Let's go. Number five. Number five. That's all I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to marry my PlayStation. A <laughs> ring picked out and everything. <laughs> number five. Treyarch is now heading Call of Duty 2020 instead of raven and sledgehammer Hmm. this one is actually breaking news this happened today time of recording saturday saturday may 18th i think it says may yeah yeah may 18th so jason schreier Gone onto the scene with this. Let me just talk to you about this. Let me talk you through. Jason Chasen, the industry shrier, reports on Kotaku that next year's Call of Duty has gone through a major development shakeup practically overnight. For the last 15 years, Activision has had a development rotation for the three studios working on Call of Duty, Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer, and Treyarch. Each title would receive three years of development time per studio, while the schedule saw it that one Call of Duty always released in the fall of a given year. Sledgehammer, known for 2014's Advanced Warfare and 2017's World War II, was set to launch a new title in 2020 focused on the Cold War era, with Raven Software serving as a support studio for the game. 
Activision, however, has had a change of heart. Instead, Treyarch is taking lead on 2020's Call of Duty, which will now be the next Black Ops. Sledgehammer and Raven have been tasked to support Treyarch, who will work on baking their single-player campaign into Black Ops' 5 suite. Now, Black Ops 5 will likely be cross-generational, releasing on both current and next-gen versions of the Xbox and PlayStation. Kotaku notes that because of this upheaval, Black Ops 5 will only have a two-year dev cycle instead of three, a fact that has some developers upset because of the brutal overtime in store for Treyarch. Infighting between Sledgehammer Games and Raven is cited by two sources as a reason Activision pulled them out of the lead, with one person calling the project a mess. <laughs> Goddamn. Kotaku mentioned Sledgehammer has been in disarray ever since its co-founders, Michael Condry and Glenn Schofield, left the studio in early 2018 to form a new development house. This new studio has been actively poaching employees from Oof. Sledgehammer ever since. Okay, wow. Yeah, they've been hammered, like in the last few months, uh, Jason Trier writes that they've just hemorrhaged quite a few employees mm -hmm. so wow okay this interesting. is interesting so yeah we get two years of development time for black ops 5 mm -hmm. but is activision's thinking that well we have this other studio let's just fucking take all of their work and throw it into the cake mix and hopefully it congeals into a product that yeah i'm sure sense. they're hoping there's a skeleton of an idea in there for sure uh i mean and the what the fuck like what do you what where are we going is 2019's call of duty it's going to be an infinity ward one right probably like a modern warfare warfare type game yeah the rumor is that this year's title is going to be a modern warfare 4 okay no, we got Call of Duty for Modern Warfare, yeah. not Modern Warfare 4. Yeah, yeah. Okay. the last mo Modern Warfare we had was 3, and that was in, like, what, 2011, 2012? Uh, 2013, maybe? Yeah, yeah it was forever ago. ago. It yeah. was time. Time moves. Time keeps slipping. Slipping, slipping. <laughs> Into the ocean. So this doesn't sound fun for the studios mm -mm. to suddenly be like, hey, remember how you're a project lead? Nah, dog. Because <laughs> you can't get your house in order. I mean, I don't know if it's exactly like that, but to call the project a mess. I gotta wonder what sort of infighting was happening. Like, have Treyarch, which, sorry, have Sledgehammer and Raven worked on projects together before in tandem? I actually don't know. Yeah. I don't know how they do the tag in and out for the support studios because it was Raven, and then I also heard Neversoft is one of their support studios for like DLC content for the games. Mm. So they, they're they not one of the main players, but it's, it's interesting. I heard it was a shake-up originally when they announced Sledgehammer would be doing it with Raven together, and they're like, oh, okay, maybe it just helps get it out. I mean, even, even when you have like a good engine, like three years, like, oh, yeah, that's tight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's fucking tight without crunch happening. Let me tell you what. Yeah. But, but two I, years is going to be mm -mm. rough work. Yeah, that's going to be rough shit. And then to see that they're going campaign style, like mm. maybe they really did listen to the feedback. And they're like, fuck, you guys really didn't like that Ford didn't have a campaign, huh? <laughs> it's, it's crazy because like they showed over time <laughs> the studies that like people weren't engaging with the campaign long term. Mm -hmm. I guess people just like the option. You know, they wanted really? to be there. Um, I thought Black Ops 4 was fine. I thought it as an online game. It had three modes that I could jump between, and I enjoyed it immensely. I didn't think I needed a story mode for that at all. I actually liked that there was kind of like a mini story within Zombies. It was kind of cool. You know, it's funny. I, I wasn't too fucked up about it not having a campaign, mm -hmm. but... I think about all the Call of Duties I picked up. Like, I always play the campaign. Like, I'm one of those guys. Mm -hmm. I am. I do play the campaign. And if it's good enough campaign, I might even say, like, hey, maybe I'll go back and try to clean up on some trophies. And mind you, I haven't done that in goddamn sure. forever. Because these games always seem to come out when there's 14 other games yeah. coming out in the fall. So it's easy to hop elsewhere. Well, they do make, like, 
big budget triple a campaigns yeah so like there's an attraction to that like they get big names on they had uh what kit harrington one year uh yes they had kevin spacey so they've had like big names come in and do voice acting and support for these games fucking um i'll never forget what was his name gary uh oldman gary oldman and fucking black ops or sorry world at war really originally yeah That's cool. he played reznov man hmm is it Reznov? It's been so long. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking, fucking great. And then they hear they're going back to the Cold War setting. It sounds, it sounds kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It just kind of sucks that they have to make the, make the game under these conditions. Yeah. I'm wondering if it really will congeal. And the rumors were that Activision was looking at kind of like other ways to do Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Maybe go like free to play with Black Ops 4 okay. or a certain mode. But it seems like now they're, they're sticking to their guns if they're trying to do like a full on release. Interesting. It's it's just a weird, 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 weird affair there to hear like yeah. overnight. Like, hey, we got to we got to make some fucking changes like I, right away. I feel like we're going to see a lot of emerging details over the next week or so about it. And then maybe like an expose about Sledgehammer, Raven and Treyarch. <laughs> Actually, uh, in the very same article from Kotaku that Jason wrote, he says, like, in the coming weeks, we're going to talk about the culture within. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> it's, it's bad. Yeah, and so, so that's going to be awesome. But, yeah. But Cold War, I'm I'm excited for that because I like the Black Ops games when they're more rooted in history. The futuristic, like, Black Ops 2071 shit, like, I don't like it nearly as much, but, like, the original story of, like, Black Ops during, like, Vietnam was so cool. Yeah, and Sledgehammer did a great, like, period piece in World War II. Mm-hmm. Didn't make it feel tired, you know? Yeah. That's why we went to modern, because it was, like, every fucking shooter was a World War II shooter. Yeah. And then we saw a resurgence, and, like, it was... They had a great campaign, so for them to be working on the Cold War campaign, I'm still, like, kind of excited about that. Mm-hmm. I just hope that it makes sense to plug and play it into whatever they intended for Black Ops. You know, like, oh, are we just going with that theme? Are we going to do a similar thing with Black Ops where it's like a mishmash of all Black Ops history? Or are we just moving away Probably. from that? I, I don't know. I, I'm interested. But that's next year. We, ha- we we don't know anything about this year's Call of Duty. That's true. That's true. We'll figure it out. I got E3. a number. I got a E3. I got a number six on here for you, Daniel. Capcom's going to keep using the RE engine to develop games. Yay! Cool. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't they? Kind of why they made it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they doubled down on it. Uh, Games Radar reports that Capcom has numerous titles in development with the RE engine, and it helped them streamline production on games like Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil 2, and Devil May Cry 5. John Capcom himself said these words <laughs> at the financial call, quote, The games we develop using the RE engine during this current hardware generation have received critical acclaim. And from the early stages of building this engine, we kept the ability to augment it for next generation development in mind. Mm. As such, we view the RE engine as one of our strengths that will contribute to next generation game creation, end quote. Interesting, interesting. Wow. Do you think they'll ever license it to other companies, or do you think they'll always keep it in-house? Keep it proprietary? Yeah. Um, that's an interesting question. I don't think Capcom is against the idea of collaboration. Mm-hmm. I wonder I wonder how much of a price point they would put on it. I don't know. And I wonder how ready-made it is as an engine to be like a consumer product, mm-hmm. to just like license out like Unreal. Because, you know... They made the engine in-house, and so they likely still have the same people that develop it and know how it works. Mm-hmm. And if it's like one of those things where it's like you need those guys yeah. <laughs> to work with it to make it work, I don't know. But they, it sounds like it's pretty easy. And they have very specific types of games running in that engine. That's true, too. So far, we've seen like basically action-adventure. I wonder mm-hmm. how flexible that is if it's like, what if you try to and make a racing horror. game? You know, What if you try to make Automodelista? 
again. Ooh, that'd be cool. I want that. We've made a fighting game. Oh yeah, what have you made? Well, can they make a Street Fighter in that, or a or a Marvel versus Capcom in RE Engine, or a Power Stone, or a Power? St- you so really many, want Power? Stone. I want Power Stone, dude. Whatever. <laughs> I want it too. Hey, I want it too, man. But I, in the more immediate future, this is cool. It mm-hmm. likely means we're probably going to get our like Resident Evil Eight and yeah. RE Three remake. That's the hope. So, yeah. That's the hope. So they're going to develop it with the same engine, so mm-hmm. they know you know what what to do with it. Mm-hmm. Get in there fucking bake this cake i mean we fucking sucked capcom's dick on our Whoa. re2 remake review episode talking about the re engine in every other sentence like that is true it blows me away what the like the level of performance it has with some of its shots and like gameplay and like cutscenes. oh my god just how lighting is rendered yeah, in it too it's, it's awesome. just like what the fuck it looks so amazing yeah i i'm in support of this in fact playing through all of devil may cry 5 i was like yeah that's a visually impressive game mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting that it's made in the same like the horror house uh engine yeah you know i i wonder wonder how much else it can do i want to see a really interesting like like a fucking open world game made on re engine hmm. <laughs> like the next dragon's dogma on re engine might be pretty neat that'd be cool if they can do it do they what do they use for monster <clears throat> hunter um, I'm not sure if it's RE Engine, actually. I don't think it is. Because I remember there being an entire screen of, like, fucking 14 different companies and in, in software and engines that they used. In oh, there. really? Yeah. Let me look it up. You look it up? All right, yeah. we're going to look it up. Monster boom, Hunter boom. World boom, 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 Engine. Boom, boom, I don't know if it's that easy to look boom, 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 up. Boom, boom, Here we go. MT Framework. Oh, that's their old engine. That was the one that they used for, like, every other game. Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Resident Evil uh, 6, mm-hmm. and 5. It was used for everything in the last generation. Yeah, the game uses a modified version of Capcom's internally developed MT <clears throat> Framework engine, which provided a minimum of 30 frames per second on all platforms. So, Okay, cool. Okay, that makes sense. So, I guess RE Engine is more of a high-performing engine. Yeah, yeah. And it was meant for this generation in mind. And photorealism and all that stuff. Yep. Interesting. I like it. Maybe we should buy it. Maybe. (laughs) You want to put an RE Engine in your car? Kind of. (laughs) I'd see some horrors in that car. (laughs) If I put the RE Engine in my car, is fucking Jack Baker going to rip my roof off? That's the hope. Take me for a ride. (laughs) You're going to see something wonderful. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I got a number seven on here for you. We're going to blast through these. Blast it. Riot Games isn't budging on its forced arbitration policy. Way to go, Riot. On May 6th, Riot employees engaged in a major walkout to protest the company's employment policies, including their practice of forced arbitration. If you're not a legal expert, that's perfectly okay. We're always a Google search away from true understanding. Arbitration is a method of resolving disputes that doesn't involve the legal system. It's not like a fist fight, though. Uh, Typically, a disinterested third party serves as an arbitrator and decides the outcome for the parties in dispute. These outcomes are often legally binding, even if the matter was handled outside of a court. There you go. That's arbitration. Okay. Not always fun, but corporations like instituting it because it saves them a lot of money in lawyer fees and what have you. Mm-hmm. Now, this is how Riot decides issues regarding sexual harassment and sexual assault. Employees want this practice dissolved for all current and future employees. Riot Games has affirmed they will only give an opt-out option for future employees, but will not change the policy for current rioters, which is 
pretty much what they process is about. Mm-hmm. That was the whole fucking deal. Now, here's Riot's explanation in a statement they made, quote, Ultimately, given the complexities of ongoing litigation, we will not change our employee agreements while in active litigation. We know not everyone agrees with this decision, but we also know everyone does want Riot to continue to improve. We remain committed to having a firm answer around extending an opt-out to all rioters when active litigation concludes, end quote. Uh, so that's, uh, not fun. Um, I think they're like trying to give an inch and trying to show faces like, Oh, look, 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 we're going to do that for no new employees and this and that. And then Mm. they didn't actively say, Hey, we will change this after we're out of litigation. They just say, we'll reconsider it basically. Mm -hmm. Like we remain firm and exploring options. Mm -hmm. It's like, they don't want to give it. And maybe that's for one reason or another. Maybe it's a costly reason. Maybe it's mm-hmm. a fucking contract reason. But yeah, that sucks to think that like, you know, the, these people stood up and they said, hey, we want to be heard. And a company kind of makes a move that says we're not listening. Well, yeah, it sucks. It's kind of like just toned up to the needs and wants of it's toned up to your own employees. It seems like third party arbitration only really serves the big company in, in question and serves riot more because they could pick this arbitrator yeah and that might not speak in favor of their employees or their situations the, the case-by-case litigations that they're bringing to the table whereas in a legal court they might be able to bring the uh situations to picture more clearly and mm-hmm. might have a more of a fair defense i feel yeah fair defense uh maybe how unbiased is this arbitrator by the way mm-hmm. like to be tapped by a corporation i mean this is kind of his job is to keep yeah. this shit out of a court right i i don't know it, it seems like a really odd practice and it seems like a way to kind of obfuscate any attention towards something like a sexual harassment case mm-hmm. and that's the whole point apparently there's pretty fucking toxic culture that was happening at riot games mm-hmm. and it seems like they want to put steps forward to like make it better mm-hmm. but i don't know how much of it is them just trying to like show face for mm-hmm. for the press or outsiders it's like you know we're doing something we made a statement look away <laughs> i would like to see the numbers on the amount of these litigations and cases that actually get resolved yeah in a way that serves the employees well, we won't because that's the whole point of arbitration. It's mm, privately yeah, handled yeah, yeah. and it's what they want. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. So I could see why like, hey, we don't want to go through this shit. Mm. I think it would serve them to kind of fucking maybe listen. Yeah. Uh, Riot has a very long and recent history of like toxic masculinity and sexual harassment and unfairness to certain types of employees in, in their house. And uh, I'm not surprised to hear something like this from them. <laughs> This was the one where the the executive was farting on people, right? Is that he he worked at Riot? I think so. You think I remember that? And yeah. they, ne- they never fired him. They were like, ah, we suspended him, paid. <laughs> they didn't fire him. Yeah, okay, cool. It seems like there's a few things that they need to improve. Mm-hmm. But uh, another part of this is that they set up something called the DNI Rioters Council, which is for diversity and inclusion, because okay. that's another thing that's been uh, highlighted as lacking okay. around the the Riot offices. Mm-hmm. And we'll. We'll see if that makes a difference, but they invite people to kind of be vocal about inclusion and point out uh, practices or situations that may go against that. So to address it, okay. we'll see if that makes an impactful difference. I'd like to hear a follow up on that. Mm. But yeah, until we have a follow up, that's it for Riot. Okay. But 
I do have some required reading mm. for you guys. I got homework <laughs> for people These out there. These people don't read. They don't want to fucking read. No, just do the Google like it reads to you. Sometimes it fuck up okay. some words. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, this one is actually from Jason Trier as well. Hmm. It is as Cyberpunk 2077 development intensifies, CD Project Red pledges to be more humane to its workers. And this is by Jason Trier on Kotaku. I won't go into the specific shit because it's actually a lot but essentially they're saying hey we're not mandating crunch but crunch has to happen (laughs) but we're making the statement right now to let our employees know that they should feel empowered to go to their managers and and you know just feel like they can say i I can't or won't work this overtime when they're not comfortable to Mm -hmm. and i'm just like why don't you just go to the managers and tell them not to mandate fuck yeah (laughs) why do you have to put it on the employees to present this information to them yeah that's still an awkward yeah. scenario, dude. Because if you know it's like, hey, we need to we need to pump out something for like a like an E three demo, like for Cyberpunk. Mm-hmm. How do you go up to your boss and be like, I'm gonna take a vacation right now? Yeah, you know, it's like people are afraid of not getting rehired on if they're a contractor or maybe losing opportunities because mm-hmm. they're viewed a certain way because they don't fucking grind, you know, their shoulders to the stone like everyone else does. It's that indirect kind of mandate mm-hmm. for it so read that article it's interesting shit but it just seems like cyberpunk is just trying to get out in front of whatever expose <laughs> that jason writes at a later date that's exactly what it <laughs> seems like yeah i feel like cyberpunk's gonna come out and then they're gonna get exposed for yeah. just like 100 hour work weeks or, yeah or worse i i don't know that's yeah. but yeah there you go cyberpunk is a swedish based uh studio so it's yeah, interesting Poland, to yeah. see them have similar practices to how we have out here yeah uh, crunch is a universal language (laughs) apparently it's pretty Mm. ubiquitous pretty ubiquitous but i would hope that you know (sighs) apparently the witcher 3 was suspect to a lot of like those working conditions Mm. uh somebody in that same article somebody was talking about how you can basically just change the name of the studio and the game they're working on and it's like the same story everywhere (laughs) wow obviously we need to fucking keep on getting these stories out here to really put a lens on it Mm -hmm. but daniel yes you want to talk about video games we're playing yeah let's talk about something yeah. interesting that's happening right now because uh we're, right we're what is it it's may 18th we're kind of in this lull season right now what we would call backlog season we call it the backlog season um we got so backlog season for you guys that don't know it tends to be signified by a lull in terms of triple a games or high volume of games i guess what beginning of the year and then later in the year towards the end of the fiscal year like September, October, November, December. That's when you get a lot of the big AAA titles. Mm-hmm. But here in this this May month, June, July, you don't get much like that. Little light. Yeah. So, you're, you're still finishing up your April games. Exactly. Your spring cleaning, if you will. Which I like it. I like backlog season because it gives me an opportunity to get through games that I had either been putting off for like, you know, a price drop or maybe games that I've had on my shelf for years that I just haven't had a chance sure. to play because I'm chasing current AAA games, you know? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. So I, I really want to hear, like, so I've had a weird backlog sure. season. I got into a series that I wouldn't think I would get into, mm-hmm. but I want to hear about your shit first. What are, you, what are you playing? What are you digging out of the fucking, the, dusting off? Okay, so I'm going through this weird uh, cycle of gaming right now, and I'm actually going to, I have a whole list that I typed out mm. uh, a few months ago about, like, my backlog season games months that I want to get to. Really? So at the end of this, we'll, we'll talk about my backlog plans. This is, like, you're doing some planning on here. Yeah, I put it <laughs> Damn, on Twitter. Dude. You can okay. find it over at twitter.com slash me. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so, 
I'm juggling between three games right now. One of them is Overwatch, like we said earlier. It's kind of my yeah. go-to uh, depression game. Uh, no, when... is it your depression game, or is it just like, do you mean it's your comfort food? It's it's my comfort food. It's I... my old standby. Yeah, it's like, your comfort game, There's dude. comfort knowing I can walk away from Overwatch for a few months, come back to it, and it fits like an old shoe. Like, every character, like, you have 29 different characters. They all play differently, but I remember how they all play. Like, I remember how to drop their ults, and I remember how they interplay with other characters. And it's nice to to have that comfort, where if I just need a game to just kind of unwind to, it's there. It is weird coming back to a game that I haven't touched in about several months, yeah. where they've had different, like, updates to levels and character reworks and new character come in. I'm like, what is this game now? Like, there were, like, three levels I had never played with, and I was like, oh, interesting. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I had that thought. Like, I walked in. And you had the character select screen going on, mm-hmm. and then it went to like I was like, "Who the fuck is this?" And you're like, "It's Baptiste." And yeah. I was like, "When did that happen?" Yeah, we talked about him. Really? I think we talked about him back in March on on an episode we did. God damn, that's forever ago. Okay. Yeah, but I went back to it because I, in my my weird bubble of mental health right now, I was just like, I want to play Overwatch and I want to platinum Overwatch. I was like, in all my determination, I need to platinum this game to feel some sort of satisfaction in my life. Can you remind the safe roommates out there how many trophies you need until oh, you I pop need that platinum? Oh need my one. god. I just need one. I just right. need I just need to get four fuckers with McCree's dead eye. That's all I need to do, and then I have the platinum in that game. A platinum awarded to point two percent of PlayStation do you, users. Do you think this is a harder accomplishment now that there's like fifty more characters? characters that they added uh i think so because three more tanks yeah so characters like uh hammond who's a big tank who adds a lot of like uh can you even get him down unless he's hurt or i I would prefer not even to fuck with him if i'm trying to get that trophy um other tanks you could work around like your reinhardts and divas because you can do a lot of damage output um but the trophy i feel like i can mostly accomplish it against a team of squishies, you know, people that don't have high shields or high health pools and can get down pretty quickly. Widowmaker, your Tracer, yeah. your fucking... Your uh, Floundering Mercies. Your Floundering Mer- Oh, really? Is that like a... Is she like the uh, Magikarp version of Mercy just on the ground? <laughs> and so like, she who do I heal? Who do I heal? <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? Yeah, so I've, I've been putting a lot of legwork into yeah. that and I dived into... God. Uh, so Overwatch came out three years ago. Um, I thought it would also be cool to platinum it three years out. Um, but they're on season 16 of competitive play. Fuck me. So I, I played around with a little bit of that too. And yeah. How'd you do? Uh, it was a wash. I won five, lost five. Oh, fuck, yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah, you got me playing a little today. Saw so you yeah. playing. I was like, you know what? Let me pop that shit yeah, in. Played. You were like, so how do I help you get this platinum? And I was yeah. like, cool. And we just tried to figure it out. And uh, we we won a lot. It was a lot of dissatisfactory wins, but you know. Dissatisfactory. A win, a win is still a win. A win is a win, yeah. dog. So been playing a lot of that i've also been playing two other games that are kind of weird and way different i picked up my switch again and i started playing breath of the wild (laughs) that's actually one of the backlog promises i made myself to beat that and i just i honestly i just kind of roamed around in the open world for a bit um Mm. i have all the towers unlocked now so that's nice i can kind of travel very freely to all the regions and i was just exploring doing shrines and just getting the feel for it again was it weird walking back? Like, because one thing that I run into is that I forget the fucking controls for most of the games that I like, you know, dive out of for yeah. months and months and months. Was it kind of like a learning thing where it's like, God damn it, stamina wheel? There was such a learning curve. I thought to like start the game over because like between all of its various systems, weapon degradation, survival, stamina, fucking even the mechanics of like how to use your your quick items, like you know your bombs or your I forget what it's called. Um, but you have different like little abilities you can use here. I forgot how to use them on the fly. <laughs> so it took me a minute. I, that's why I wasn't trying to like go hard into like um, the last area because I'm in the Gerudo Desert and I have that one last um, 
I forgot what they call it. The fucking Titan. Not Titan. Is it Titan? Divine God. I have one last Divine God to take down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I want to beat it. I want to beat it this summer because I feel like I've been doing myself in that game a disservice. So you had you you said something to me earlier where you're just like because uh, we I <laughs> we didn't write anything about Mario Maker two on the show because yeah. I was like I didn't watch the direct because I'm not that invested in it <laughs> and you're just like yeah you weren't even gonna buy fucking Mario Odyssey <laughs> so what, what the hell are you thinking that you're gonna get Mario Maker two and I'm like you're right I that's won't. true but I'm like you know what it's backlog season maybe I should borrow your copy of Odyssey it's a very good Mario game. I, in terms of open world stuff and like the mechanic like the cappy mechanic is a lot of fun i watch you play it a bunch of times Get to be a like, dinosaur looks like fun you know what it, it came out when i was like super sad myself yeah and i was like i don't want to fucking play any games yeah I i've been here. struggling with that a lot lately because yeah. i'll i'll put it in the open i'm going through like a breakup of sorts and it's been sure. really fucking hard there we for go. Me. we're working through it and i'm working through it with the roommates right now so i debated but on not even playing games that's going. why i picked up a book i was like i'll read yeah right like nobody just reads a book without a good reason <laughs> no you have to be depressed to read exactly yeah why else would you want to merge yourself in fantasy <laughs> you know? we're the fucking worst <laughs> we're the worst people there ever were um yeah I read enough on twitter <laughs> they they upped my reading acuity to up to 240 characters <laughs> no it's 280 right yeah whatever <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm fucking around with that uh cuphead's something i'm still bouncing around with getting through the last Did you beat island. it no 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 i i think i'm at 78 percent okay. completion so still working through that cool, cool cool and then the other game i fucked around with was transistor which is just you said something really interesting about transistor earlier like what it's not quite what you expected it's not quite what I expected. Every time I sit down with it, I expect... I have the version of this game in my head where it's like, I want it to kind of be like really involved, hack and slashy action right. combat. And it's that in doses because it feels like more of... It has this component system where you can kind of slow down time and you can basically plan out like a set of moves based off a certain amount of attack power that you get. Um, and with that comes steps. So you have to basically set the attacks up. You can attack enemies in a line or do like radial damage. And that stuff's cool, but it's not always how I want to like approach a fight. No, um, sometimes you want to just get in there and just slap somebody. Like you have so many cool abilities at your disposal to use. Like, and you get like, um, I forget what they're called, like integrals or components and you can customize them every which way. And it's really neat, but they don't always let you use them freely like that sometimes they lock you into okay you gotta go into this grid mode and use it like this and i'm like oh, okay because enemies will fuck you up otherwise like they're fast they're faster than you and they do a lot of damage mm-hmm. so it plays in your favor to kind of use that mechanic but i don't always want to engage with it you know what i wanted the game to be i feel like i'm on the same page as you mm-hmm. i wanted it to be like the previous game bastion mm-hmm. which was an isometric you know kind of hack and slashy game mm-hmm. And anytime I see that art style, I kind of want a hack and slash. That's why I'm like excited for Boyfriend Dungeon because yeah. it is that isometric slasher, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Diablo shit. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm into. But like, yeah, the I don't think uh, the game is great. The game's it's, awesome. It's like, just like not kind of my flavor. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where I always get stuck because I'm like, oh, I want to be in that world because I listen to the soundtrack all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget who it is. I think it's Darren Kantz. Fuck, I fucked that up completely, but. The, the soundtrack's amazing, and every time I hear it, I'm like, man, I want to get back into that, because it's an interesting world. It's a very unique story about a singer who loses his, her voice, and her boyfriend gets left for dead, and she's being chased by, like, this crime syndicate, and it's really neat. It's got, like, interesting themes of 
art and a dystopian feel because like it kind of takes place in a dystopian future so yeah. i don't know it's a fascinating world it's just like the gameplay doesn't click with me and it disappoints me because i really want it to yeah yeah mm-hmm. that's a shame yeah i felt the same way about um pyre pyre is like the one oh, okay. man after that and i was like this is not really for me that's it's kind of like a 3v3 sports game yeah that's weird no that's why but hades on the other mm-hmm. hand kind of looks like my shit yeah looks like that hack and slashy shit that we're looking for I'll, you know i'll give it to super giant for trying new things and experimenting with different gameplay styles and narratives it, they're an interesting voice in the indie oh space. hell yeah i'll give them that hell yeah they're yeah. a great studio so yeah that's kind of been what i've been fucking around with um i'll give you my backlog list of what i probably will dive into in the next months but i want to know what you've been playing what have i been playing yeah. okay we're i want to get this one out of the way because i only gave it like one session but <laughs> The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Um, the save roommates uh, have been demanding that I play it. Vargi was like, yeah, I'd love to see you play Witcher 3. And, and Tyler Man said the same. And I was like, all right, I will acquiesce to my my fans. And I installed it. installed all 2,000 gigabytes of that game. It's a lot of blood and a lot of wine. Including <laughs> the Blood and Wine DLC. Okay. And um, it, it's, it's one of those things where you just got to bite into it. Because I forgot how to fucking play it. And that's my instinct is always be like, we've got to restart the game. And I was like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I put 60 fucking hours into this game. That was I'm, my, I'm not doing it. That was my problem with Breath of the Wild where I think I'm scratching like 70, 80 hours. And I'm like, I could just start over. But it's like I made so much progress. I've already restarted The Witcher 3 once. Oh my god. So I was not going to do it again. So I was just like, whatever. I'll just learn through it. Mm-hmm. And there's all these menu things and and food items you gotta eat and fucking potions making cat's eyes so i can see in the dark and then i forgot the whole thing where you have a steel sword and a silver sword because the silver sword is more effective against monsters but the steel sword can kill bandits and bullshit oh, and i was cool. just like what? What, what but like it started coming back to me and i was like <laughs> all right i remembered that this is what i loved about it the story and the writing in the game is so fucking good they're like sub stories mm-hmm. and shit are world class the quests are world class because mm. it's always these things where you make these fucking moral decisions and like you see the result and it may not always be good for everyone involved mm-hmm. and you just make that call like i have one little uh, quest line where somebody was like hey my son's a soldier and he's like lost and nobody will tell me where he is. And you're like, okay. You go to the captain. And the captain's just like, oh, yeah, I sent them out on a scouting thing. And then, like, uh, they're actually deserters. And I hanged most of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know about this boy, though, because he was, like, a redheaded boy. You're like, ah, I don't know if we killed him or not. So you got to go out there to the field and you find, yeah, he's hanging, too. He's dead. Not so sure. you go back to the mom and you have a choice. You could either be like, oh, he died bravely. Mm-hmm. He died on the battlefield. Or you can say he was hanged because he was a deserter. Hmm. So you make this choice between, do I level with this person, give them the full honest truth, or is their last memory going to be this lie that I give them? Mm-hmm. You know, wow. like, but it's, you know, it seems like the higher road, right, to give them that mercy. But what is real? What is not? What is going to work for somebody? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just like, let me tell them the truth, because it's up to them how they work through that. But mm-hmm. it is what it is. And I don't, you know, don't want to misrepresent who, who he was because you find a note saying he fucking hated the fact that they had to kill like innocent prisoners at one mm-hmm. point. So he just decided to dip out of the army. And that was his reasoning. And so you also give the letter to her because at first she's like, you're a liar. You're not. No, no, this is he was no coward. And then you read the note and she goes, oh, my boy, <laughs> like this is he's like, this is who he was. He died a hero anyway. <laughs> And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. Wow. So that's like a really impactful moment. I was like, fuck yeah, The Witcher. 
Now I remember. Well, the writing in their like quest logs and dialogue trees, it always felt like it had a sense of impact. Hell yeah. Like you, you tell me all these stories because I still haven't played it. It's actually one of the games on my backlog list. I don't know if I'll get to it, but I recommend I, it. Though. It just seems like just such a fascinating, well-crafted world. No. Well, yeah, there's that. But don't get me wrong. It is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like I opened up the map and that map was straight up fucked by question marks like every inch was a fucking question mark what's this oh what's this it it reminds me of the fucking family guy skit with uh james woods Ooh, piece of candy candy. (laughs) like you just get distracted by everything in the world and you don't know like what's a is this gonna be a real mission or is it gonna be another fucking Mm -hmm. monster's nest like it's just like dial back a little bit so that calls the question is there too much choice and variety in open world games sometimes like it do you feel like a, a game could be better served from like a more refined, lesser experience? Like, hey, maybe we have a hundred <laughs> finite quests, not like two hundred plus um, options. I'll call this one The Witcher Three is an embarrassment of of riches. Okay, of witches. <laughs> <laughs> um, like you don't have to engage with it. Okay, but the inner completionist in me like dies every mm. time that I just run past a question mark to go try to like focus on one or the other storyline. Mm. So I I think it could dial back on some of that, but it's cool that it's there. Yeah. Like, it's it's a massive fucking game. And I think that's, like, the barrier of entry for mm. The Witcher. But I, if you can get past that, <laughs> it's fucking great. I mean, you'll never want for content, especially if the gameplay is good. Like, why wouldn't you want to keep playing? No. So. No, exactly. I'm just wondering if Cyberpunk's going to be the same thing. Open up the fucking map and it's just, like, question marks just shoot into your eyeballs. <laughs> God. I gotta wonder how big that world's going to be. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I would... I would want more like a detail-rich world instead of just an expansive world for nothing. Yeah. Well, I imagine most of it takes place in Night City. I don't know if it's any of it takes place outside of that, like surrounding boroughs or worlds. Yeah, I don't know. We don't know enough about it. We don't know shit. Now, (laughs) this next one, Daniel. I Mm -hmm. talked a little bit about it in the last episode where it was just like, you know what? On a whim, I was like, I'm going to fucking beat Yakuza Kiwami. Mm -hmm. I'm going to see it through. And you did. (laughs) And I absolutely did. And then I said to myself, I was just on this Yakuza high. I was like, I, what's my next step? Oh, man. Yakuza Kiwami 2 sounds pretty fucking dag nasty. Oh, there's also a sale on Yakuza 6. What do I choose? Well, I can only feasibly play one game at a time. So I bought both anyway. And I think later that night you got a dragon tattoo on your back. <laughs> like I'm a like, dragon, You bro. went hard. I went pretty hard on yeah. it. I've been playing a lot of Kiwami 2. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, based on the engine of Yakuza 6, which I played a little bit beforehand Mm -hmm. uh the stat tree makes sense and it dials it back to just having one fighting system whereas like kiwami one had like fucking you choose between four which made it a little too that's actually why i walked away from zero it was just like oh the fighting styles are like a a bit much to get used to Mm -hmm. this one just goes like no 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 no. it's more about your move sets and more about your opportunities so what an endearing fucking game i don't know (laughs) why i i love this game it's so fucking silly you go on the silliest quest, man. The silliest shit happens. Wasn't I, wasn't I describing a weird, <laughs> weird sub story to you today? You well, were describing a man of of infinite thirst and pleasure. Right, the movie star who wanted to see girly men in six sexy videos. Yeah, <laughs> and I took him on an adventure, but he told me that Japanese fans are so annoying, and and it's just women that are chasing him in the streets. Mm-hmm. And so the mission is you have to guide him to the sexy video store without any women seeing him. <laughs> the 
<laughs> and he gets caught like three times. It was the most frustrating, stupid fucking quest. You're saying it was like very Metal Gear. <laughs> it was very Metal You had to Metal Gear Solid your way past these ravenous women who would tear him apart limb from limb if they see him. Is that what the Beatles had to do? Yeah, that's what I felt like. I was like escorting a, a beetle, but like, you know, Ringo or something. Because okay. it's only two women that ever attack you at once. <laughs> but you do that. He watches sex, sexy videos in a room. <laughs> Can I talk about that first yeah, of all? Yeah, for sure. It's a store called Beam. Mm-hmm. You go to the store mm-hmm. and you can choose between whatever titles, like things like, oh, I was invaded by a UFO sex Martian or mm-hmm. something like that. And you go into a room with a fucking VHS player and a tube TV mm-hmm. and you don't watch the video but you watch Kiru's reaction to him watching the video. It's my favorite. So, like, depending... Like, if it's an action movie, he'll be like, Yeah! <laughs> like, fucking pumping his fist. But if it's a sexy movie, he'll get real close up onto the screen. And then he leans back and looks back like... Oh, in ecstasy. In pure ecstasy, buddy. Can I, can I tell you a story? Yeah. I don't think I've ever told you this, but I've actually been to, like, a, like a nudie theater. <laughs> tell me everything it was probably one of the most disgusting and disturbing experiences i've ever been a part of it was like when we still lived in florida and like i was hanging out with like two friends who i'm not gonna name the florida one and they're like we drove by like a triple x like marquee theater and they're like you guys want to go and i'm like i don't know we pull up it's a really skeezy lot like it looks like a normal shop front they have videos on the wall but like there's like this little like area like bathrooms on the left and on the right it's like the one theater that they have and you go in there and it is just thick with atmosphere it smelled a certain way it's like stepping into the triassic yeah (laughs) i feel like i stepped in something from the triassic and you just hear this wet thrumming and moaning and it was just oh. so visceral and bad and like we went in oh, with a girl no. what yeah we went in with a girl and you could just feel all the eyes turn to her and like people were leering like there were dudes jerking off behind us like kind of like <laughs> leaning over their seats and all while like this woman was getting double penetrated <laughs> and i don't i'm sorry that this became like an nc-17 cast but I got so nauseous that I had to get up and leave. Like, that's probably the sickest I've ever felt in my life. And I've been... I want to change my previous answer about the type of game that I would make. I would try to just make that experience a video game. Like, just the worst social situations, getting into it and then having to find a way to sneak out of it. Yeah, it would be Sony VR. Uh, and on our way in, the the shopkeep, I'm going to call him that because that's what he just was, a perverted shopkeep. He was like, be careful in there. These guys are animals. And I'm like, what? First of all... That would that that is a situation that would happen in Yakuza for sure. There yeah. would be his name would be perverted shopkeep in the, the shopkeep in the dialogue would be be careful they're animals. I'm surprised we didn't have to fight our way out of the theater. <laughs> you have to bash somebody's head in with a fucking dildo, that you, <laughs> and that's your heat action kudu style. Oh my god, thank you for sharing. Yeah, well, okay, sorry, I took you on a journey. Take me back to the streets of of Yakuza. Well, okay, I will point out that even though we don't get to see this pornography, (laughs) I can most assuredly confirm that it's softcore porno that he's watching, because it has a story, a story focus. It's not just, like, stag shows. (laughs) I don't know what the story is in the one we were watching. I only stayed for, like, five minutes. I couldn't do it. Before you puked. (laughs) 
<laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Oh. It was palpable. What was Paul Rubens doing in there? <laughs> that happened in Florida. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Pee-wee, uh, Pee-wee Herman, right? Yeah, yeah Pee-wee yeah. Herman. Okay. Never live it down. Never live it down. Thank you, VH1. Remember the 90s. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, so I watched you play a bit of uh, Kiwami 1. Yeah. I saw some Majima. I saw him fucking come out of a traffic cone and beat you up for a little bit. Uh, I saw you... It sounds like Majima. Get into this crazy fight with this bleach blonde character. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems fun. It seems like a really fun game. You remember how I was talking about how the first one had like just all these other fucking games stuffed into it for mm-hmm. no reason? Like little, like a fucking kart racing mini game is in the game. We watched a sexy beetle game. Oh yeah, that's right. The card, the in-game card game is like sexy beetle women fighting each other in their... Like scantily clad like beetle costumes. They're, they're fighting on a fucking tree stump and it's the most sexually confusing thing that I've ever seen. It just seems like Sega didn't know like what what people would be aroused by. So they're just like, give them the kitchen sink. Wasn't the dude who instigates like you playing it like a 10-year-old boy? a child. <laughs> what the fuck? And he is the professor of the game. <laughs> What a weird universe! It's <laughs> so bizarre. <laughs> you could play Virtua Fighter 2 in this one. Okay. You could just walk into a Sega arcade, and for some reason, people are like really about those claw machine games, mm-hmm. and they make there's like literally three fucking quest lines where you gotta fucking play that game and get a plushie for some motherfucker for some reason. One of them is like, oh, I want to marry my girl, but I need to do something nice for her. And that storyline ends with her dumping the shit out of him and throwing that plushie off of a bridge. Wow. <laughs> but then he finds other women that are just like, wow, you're so good at claw machine. We should hang out with you tonight. <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, I am. I catch all the fucking plushies, even though it's actually you doing it mm. for him. That's something that happens in this game. This this game that was marketed and sold to people. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. You know, you talk about the variety and, and immersiveness yeah. of The Witcher, but Yakuza Kiwami, it seems like the height of immersion. There's a fucking beat em up RTS in this game. Uh, what? Yeah. It very much reminds me of uh, Army Men Sarge's Heroes. Oh, cool. Where it's a Majima construction company <laughs> and you just recruit random motherfuckers in the open world. And then it's like this overhead game where you protect like construction equipment from gang members flooding in and beating the shit out of it with crowbars. Interesting. <laughs> and you can use power ups to do like massive attacks against them. That's just in there. It's mm. actually fun and playable. I really like it. <laughs> I, I like that there's a variety of like mini games that are actually fun. That's kind of what called to me about Zero. Yeah. Because uh, I hadn't played a Yakuza game and that came out and they're like, yeah, you can fucking play pool and go bowling and do all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, that sounds really neat. You could be the manager of a cabaret club. Yeah. Like, that sounds dope. <laughs> you could do that in this Never going to do that in real life, so might as well do it in a video game. <laughs> there's just so much going on and I'm so into it. And then on top of that, it's just like, oh yeah, there's this mafioso story, this Yakuza story about like betrayals and subterfuge and people getting shot and mm. stuff. And here comes Kido just beating the shit out of people with fucking like wooden katanas and fucking oscillating fans that's <laughs> what he does that's crazy i'm gonna play all of them dude has this got you even more hype for judge eyes for judgment in the u.s yeah we're yes. calling it judge eyes we call it judge eyes yeah. that's a true that's how we call it that's a true born name mm-hmm. yes i'm gonna play the shit out of the game because it also takes place in kamarucho mm-hmm. that's the coolest thing about yakuza it's the same fucking city in every game but you get to watch it like evolve over time somebody was talking about that i think it was one of the I- I think it was one of the waypoint writers talking mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. yeah, how that is a world that is continuous and well realized from the point that Kuro goes to jail to the point that he returns and like 
the way technology and life is kind of left him behind and how he kind of adjusts to it. It's just such an interesting, like, environmental storytelling thing that they do. Yeah, totally. You don't expect a game like that to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I popped in part six, which is, like, in continuity, like, the latest release. Mm-hmm. And, like, Kamarucho, you're just like, what the fuck? The, the theater in town is, like, massive now. And, mm-hmm. like, you walk around and you're like, what the hell? There's so much life and an economy going on. It's cool. It's, it's really cool to see. Um, that's I just think the games are super interesting. Mm-hmm. So, apparently, they, um, they're not doing, like, a Kiwami version of three four or five mm. they're actually just remastering them for ps4 and apparently three and four have already released in japan but not the fuck here and five is about to come out in june for them okay if they come out here i'm just gonna get them dog i know you're gonna get them i'm just gonna get them but that's not gonna actually stop me from playing part six i'm just like fuck it i'm still gonna, <laughs> gonna jump to the end of the book mm-hmm. i'm gonna pick up uh uh the deathly hollows first <laughs> I mean, I think you got a sense of the overarching story. I mean, are yeah. you really following the mob story that closely otherwise? Uh, there's, like, happenings and shit that are important that, like, carry over. I was actually surprised in Kwame 2 how many, like, little storylines and story threads just get picked up out of nowhere. Mm. Somebody walks up and be like, you helped me last year by fucking throwing somebody into a working air conditioner, kiddo. I like that. Help me this year. <laughs> I can trust you. I trust you, dude. I watched you fucking slam somebody's face into the handlebars of a bicycle and the bike exploded on their face. <laughs> can you find my sister? <laughs> I love this game. I hope that Judgment at least has like half yeah. the humor and, and quirkiness about it. Like I, I know it's going to so. be a fun brawler for sure, but yeah. I hope it's got that same sort of humor and personality to it. <laughs> I really hope so too, because the story threads are the best. The sub-stories are the shit, dude. I'm running out of them, Kwame, too. Now I'm just doing like the Golden Path storyline, mm. so I'm just like, ah, okay. <laughs> I want more sub-stories. Yeah, I'm sure they'll pop up after a while. But Kiwami 2 is cool because you go to somewhere in Osaka mm. instead of somewhere in Kamarucho. Okay. Like, you go to somewhere extra and you can take a cab there and it's got different shit. Different vending machines. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's different fun. vending machines. Trust me, it's important. I got a trophy about drinking every uh, different soda type in the game. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm on the way to that plat, baby. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I was no. going to say, you're not going to platinum Kwame too. No, it's a massive undertaking. Mm. It, they literally want you to do everything that you could do in the game 50 times. Why are Japanese trophy lists like that? I have no idea. Like from Software, Square Enix games, Capcom with their fucking Monster Hunter World. Yeah, what the, the Monster Hunter World is like, yeah, play the game for a thousand years. <laughs> and you might get all the trophies. Yeah. Mm, no. It's randomized. Yeah. We don't know what size monster is going to come your way. Yeah, it's a big one where you have to capture like 10 of the largest monsters and all the largest monsters. And it's like, it's all variables. Yeah. Ch- challenge my skill, not my patience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that would be my preference for mm-hmm. trophy lists. But yes, do that enough. I'm going to be doing some more Yakuza for sure. Fuck yeah. I, and I might stream more of it, and people are probably just sick of me <laughs> streaming Yakuza, but I, like it's my comfort game now. Did you stream The Witcher? I forget. I streamed The Witcher okay. when I played it, and but I've been mostly streaming Yakuza all okay. week, because <laughs> that's what I've been mostly playing. Neat. In fact, I'm going to play more today. <laughs> Backlog season is great. Backlog season is fucking awesome. I'm going to lay out my list here, and Please. if you got any on yours, let me know, dude, because I want to know what you're playing. But I broke it up into three separate categories of games i've started but need to finish games i need to play and games i need to revisit and platinum sure so you know it's just a it's a way to bracket it and, and take on my priorities yeah there. yeah you have a prioritization list i like that but That's games important. i started but need to finish and these are all important here okay i yeah. got neo oh yeah. neo i started in 2017 had a lot of fun with it but then i dropped it in favor of something else i think it was actually because i was working at gamestop and i didn't own it i checked it out for five days and i was like cool i got as far as i could and then horizon zero dawn came out or something 
And then you sold that shit as new, didn't you, to some fucking sap? <laughs> I sold it to my own game advisor. <laughs> Your senior game advisor. So that one's on there. I want to go back to that uh, really hard. I want to maybe try and platinum it, but we'll see. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn's also on there. I feel like that's an important Sony game that I've kicked around and have not paid full service to. What the fuck, dude? Dude, I've start, I started it twice. So I, I got to wonder if when I go back to it a third time, if I'll be able to handle it the same way. I, oh, you restarted it twice? Mm-hmm. See, that's my greatest gaming fear. I might just fucking like quit a game after that point well, it's, if it it's, takes two times it's to restart. A, it's a type of game that it has a lot of systems and yeah. a lot of like things on the, the quick wheel you have to learn and crafting on yeah, the fly. And like there's a lot true. to, if you walk away from it, you forget it pretty easily. That's true. That's true. Um, but I, I kind of remember where I'm at in the story. So hopefully I can pick it back up pretty easily. I really like that game. We talked about it before, mm-hmm. but I really like the shit out of Horizon. Mm-hmm. And if they do Horizon 2, like I'm hearing they're doing for PS5, yeah, you got your buy-in right here, buddy. They fucking won. Mm-hmm. You know what your average customer looks like? It looks like old Kevin here. Wait in line going, good goddamn, the Gorilla Boys did it again. <laughs> good goddamn, get him off of Killzone forever. Oh, gotta go. No, and then they announced, no, we're doing Killzone 15. Yeah. So fuck you. No, I think it was cool to challenge them to do a different type of game. Yeah. I think yeah. it succeeds wildly being an open world game. I think just when it came out, I was fatigued. Breath of the Wild came out the next day, it felt like. And I just, I was juggling too much. Listen, dude, yeah. sometimes games are time and place. Yeah. Breath of the next? Wild is on there. We already talked about that. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 DLC and expansion, the Comrades inspe- expansion. I really want to go back to that. <laughs> That's the co-op one? Yeah. Is it free? No, 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 no. Fuck, I got to pay for Comrades? You pay for it. Because, yeah. like, I'll jump into comments. <laughs> like, I want to fuck with it, because I think the individual episodes are really cool, and I hear they fix the story a little bit, so I wouldn't mind, like, just rolling back and playing it all over again, because that game had some really endearing beats. <laughs> okay, but talk about a game that I forgot how to play. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I do not know what... It, I, like, if triangle. I picked up the controller, I wouldn't know what to just do. Triangle yeah. every day. Warp Tri- Strike. <laughs> warp, 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 warp Strike to your heart's content. <laughs> yeah. Take a picture. <laughs> so, that, I, don't, I don't know. I think that'll yeah. be a cool one. It'll buy my time until Final Fantasy VII comes out, if it ever comes out uh also i got assassin's creed origins on here a game that i started that i probably likely maybe won't go back to because i'll probably play odyssey instead play odyssey yeah uh final fantasy 9 was when i started last season last year in uh, last backlog season that i love that's one of my favorite final fantasies yeah you said you got like 10 hours into it right Mm -hmm. yeah i got 10 hours into it i got stuck in the mist caverns because i just wasn't grinding enough and i was doing it on stream and i didn't want to grind on stream so uh and then i got spider-man dlc uh, because i haven't worked my way through the second and third one yet really yeah turf wars i kind of put down and then silver linings i haven't touched i mean i'm not surprised it's not that compelling yeah uh dmc devil may cry one that i picked up before sekiro came out that i dropped hard for sekiro because sekiro is one of my games of the year yeah but you got like halfway through that fucking game i got pretty far on you gotta finish that game i'll do it it's the best devil may cry fans agree it actually moved on my backlog list from games i need to play to games i need to finish so the fact that i picked it up in the time that i made this list says something about it true 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 true. and then the last one on games i need to play is or sorry games i need to finish is fallout 76 bottom of the list Ooh, what? Really? Yeah. That's some backlog? Yeah. That um, that and Anthem, I think, are side by side. It just depends on what game I feel like suffering through more. <laughs> <laughs> suffering through the problems. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know what I if I'm if I'm gonna go back to that type of game, mm-hmm. I'm gonna probably just go back to Division Two. Yeah. Because I'm not too far like I didn't I wouldn't say I put down Division Two, mm-hmm. but I have been playing Yakuza for like the last three weeks pretty consecutively. Mm-hmm. So if I'm gonna go back to any shooter, it's gonna be that one. Fair. Um but for me, the only thing that I can think about, like, besides what I'm working on right now, would be maybe Persona 5. Mm. Persona 5 is one that I might revisit. Okay. 
But I feel like if I do commit to The Witcher, that might just fill up all of Backlog Season by itself. Yeah, there's enough content there. Yeah. Uh, what about Hollow Knight? Do you think you'd go back to that? Oh, shit. Good point. Mm-hmm. Perhaps, but at this point, I may just wait for the sequel. Okay. That may be where I'm at. Okay. I'm not sure. You're doing yourself a great disservice there because there's some really cool boss fights. I know, I know, I heard beats. I know. I, it's good. And I don't disagree, but it's like one of those things where like it's not on the forefront of things that I would revisit right now. Okay. Because I'm looking for like specific feels, mm-hmm. you know? Because you're a mood gamer. Yeah, man. I want to. I want easy going May. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want anything to yuck my yums. That's I mean, all. We do have some cool games coming out soon in the summer. We do have Marvel Ultimate Alliance, Black Order. We've oh, got, yeah. I think Judgment comes out during the summer. Yep, that's as June. well. And then there's or something. Out, there's something else here and there that comes out. Then there, there are games that I'm excited for, but I don't know. The backlog. It's it's so it bends me to its will. Ice Iceborne in September. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, new Monster Hunter World expansion. Fuck yeah, that's pretty cool. I yeah. Did they say if it's going to be paid for? Yeah, oh okay. fuck yeah, it okay. is. It's like forty bucks. Okay, I'm not mad about that. Yeah, it's a lot of content. They say it's almost as big as the main game. That's cool. I'm into it. I'm kind of into it. Yeah. I want to get back into it. I want to play as Geralt in the game. Yeah, I don't know if that's... Because that was one of the time seasonal events. Yeah. I, I can't get it. I can't get Geralt. They do this thing every once in a while where they'll bring back skins, but okay. I don't know. Fucker. Yeah, I haven't touched Monster Hunter World in probably a year. Talk about a game I'd have to relearn. You know what I really want? Hmm. I want them to do an entire level dedicated to the Arkley Mountain region in uh, Resident Evil. Okay. In Raccoon City. And then just have like hunts for Resident Evil specific monsters like Birkin Monster when Ooh. he's all dog form. Like giant dog form out in the woods. And you get to trap shit. him. Yeah. And then the smaller enemies will be like the, the Cerberus dogs like running at you and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. an idea. I want that. I'm surprised they haven't done monster or resident evil yet yeah, for any, all the other things they've done they did fucking Mega Man. any resident evil theme shit man like hey get the axe that fucking the the, the guys from part five had mm-hmm. you know i'm talking about the big executioners yeah like ah that's a weapon you can use. that'd be really cool actually yeah, get a chainsaw fuck. on there get a chainsaw kill monsters with chainsaws yeah dude give me a leon skin or Ooh. or my palico is just leon <laughs> just I'm little, into, or tofu little oh shit mm. that's my palico big old, <laughs> big old chunk of tofu <laughs> you have to kill five birkin monsters to get it but man <laughs> is it worth it <laughs> you gotta get a giant birkin monster <laughs> um my second tier of games here is games i need to play um that's either games that came out this year or games that have come out in the past that i just haven't been able to touch yet uh days gone's actually at the top of that list i'm waiting for the price drop same i do want to play days gone chelsea's hyping it up really largely for me so yeah 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 yeah. otherwise i got the messenger on there you know how i love my old school i'm surprised you haven't gotten to that but it's either messenger or katana zero huh Ooh, i'd get them both yeah oh yeah yeah they both seem pretty cool i hear katana zero is a lot shorter yeah okay and i know the messenger i'd probably try and platinum right knowing me so and then we got a lot of huge endeavors the witcher 3 i need to play it. good luck project octopath traveler oh i forgot about that one yeah didn't you play a demo i played the demo i liked it you i liked it, it okay. but i would like to also play the other seven characters and see okay. how their stories pan out um persona 5 mm. which i think i'm gonna wait till a royale comes out because i want that extra chapter and i don't want to worry about like buying a separate game that makes sense yeah that makes sense. Yeah, so that's going to sit outside of my backlog season, but I'm there, Atlas. I'm going to get it. Don't worry. I'm going to get that it. That might be like next backlog season. 2020? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. I also got Shadow of the Tomb Raider on there, which you sold back. 
Yeah, I don't have it. Okay, fuck, I'm gonna <laughs> play gone. that game. It's gone. Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which fuck yeah, that game's it seems amazing. Talk about world immersion, like The Witcher Three, cool quest lines, meaningful choices. Like it seemed like it had it all. I was actually playing The Witcher, and I was like, I want to go back to Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I hear from a lot of people. Like yeah. that, they're almost interchangeable, and people favor Odyssey now. Uh, just there's some gameplay things that are less hokey, whereas The Witcher, some of it's kind of clunk, mm-hmm. but. The Witcher has a better story. Okay, that's <laughs> for fair. sure. That's yeah. fair. What else? Uh, Pokemon Let's Go, uh, Katamari Reroll, and Resident Evil Six. <laughs> so that's when I feel like I owe you. Let me know when you dive in the Resident Evil Six. I am always game to jump into Jake and Sherry's campaign. I feel like you play it every few months. No, no, mm. no, not like that. You streamed it like a month ago. Yeah. So what? So what? That's just a recent development. Yeah. I, I, I think I talk about it more than I play it. <laughs> which is odd you talk about it in jest to tyler like i know to, to it upsets him it's yeah. okay but <laughs> but he needs to he needs to just understand that it's one of the greatest resident evils ever made and mm-hmm. nobody's ever disagreed about that mm, interesting second best-selling resident evil. second best-selling resident evil game <laughs> number two with like seven million sales um and then i guess games i need to revisit in platinum shortlist hollow knight kingdom hearts 3 tetris effect celeste and overwatch Wow. Those, those are some impressive games to Platinum if I'm able to. You're one trophy away in Overwatch. Yeah. yeah I'm, th- I'm three trophies away in Celeste. I'm a handful of trophies away in Tetris Effect. Kingdom Hearts and Hollow Knight are going to require some legwork. Proud mode? You don't have to beat it on proud mode. You don't have to beat no, it on no, proud mode? No. You just have to find all those fucking pictures? Find all the little fucking... You gotta take all the pictures of the little Photographs, Mickey ears. Little Mickey ears yeah. and shit. You gotta get every fucking... You gotta get the ultimate keyblade. Uh, yeah, you gotta fucking do like 100,000 gummy ship things. You have to craft perfect recipes. It's a lot of mini games and things I'm not ready to commit to. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. And I won't. And I'm yeah. not. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll see if I really want to go back to it. Okay. Uh, Red Dead should be on that list somewhere in terms of games I need to revisit, but then I realized I sold it back. You'd have to borrow my copy. Yeah, I'd have to borrow yours. Don't worry. Yeah. I won't get rid of it. Yeah. I'll have it. Are there any games that you would love to go back to in, like, Platinum? Platinum? Yeah. Oh, yikes, Roni. Platinum? Mm. Eventually, I want to go back to Sekiro and get that Platinum. Oh, okay. I'm just not, like, not there for that right now. I don't know why I forgot that you didn't have it. No, I don't have it. Yeah, <laughs> you, you think we do We do the From games in, like... Together. You, yeah, together. Yeah. Um, I think... Oh, it's just Resident Evil 6, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I already have that Platinum. Thank you very much on the mm-hmm. PS3. Would it be worthwhile to get it again on the PS4? To prove a point, eventually. <laughs> you talked about wanting a Platinum Devil May Cry. Five? No, DMC. DMC, yes. Actually, yes. I would not be opposed to revisiting that. That'd be hard though, right? Because you have to do like S, triple S rankings and... Not as hard as you think. Because hmm. I think I got pretty close in the PS3 version. It's okay. just about having it on a modern console, mm. you know? Um, I already did it for Resident Evil 2. They already, if they ever release more DLC, I don't think they will at this mm. point. I will get trophies for that too. Yeah. Because I got them all, <laughs> 100% of that game again. Nice. Um, You're like, I can't let that percentage drop. No, because they, <laughs> they did me dirty like that with RE7. And I was like, fuck, I don't want to play the card game. <laughs> I actually really like that. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. It was very Saw-esque. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I can't think of anything. Okay. What would it be? Nothing calls to me. I'm fine. I'm fine moving forward. Oh, okay. C- collecting new platinums. New platinum towards the horizon. <laughs> new platinums for a new age, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. Yeah. 
New well, Age of Heroes. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I gotta see how much of this I'm actually gonna work through. I might end up just picking up all new games this backlog season and saying fuck it to my library and then pushing them off till next year. Burn those games. Burn them all. It's the only way. I all mean, digital future. Coming, so. Stadia is coming. Stadia is coming. <laughs> fucking Netflix. I'm gonna play Netflix games every day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing fucking Umbrella Academy, the game. Yay. Hmm. Might be cool. Might be cool. Might be cool. It's an interesting IP to fuck with. As a beat em up. Uh, yeah. 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 Netflix beat em ups. I mean, so yeah, that's all I got for my backlog talk. Okay. I don't know. Cool. I think I think backlog season, it's a new idea for me, honestly. It wasn't until last year sure. that it really became a thing for me because I, in the past, have grown up pretty, pretty poor. I can't, sure. I'm not always able to buy games as they're coming out and keep us current as we have the last like two years or three years doing this show. Um, so backlog season is just this new idea to me where it's like, oh, I have so many games that I have to put them on the back burner. Like what? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it happens more often now because like uh, for us, we're, you know, in the PlayStation ecosystem mm-hmm. and with uh, PlayStation plus, they have all these fucking flash sales yeah. and all this shit. They're trying to do what steam basically pioneered. Mm-hmm. And so like, I find myself going like, yeah, I'll buy that for fucking five dollars. <laughs> That's fine. Mm-hmm. And so I have all these games where it's like, yeah, I do have that, huh? Oh, I do have that Edith Edith Finch game. Now that's something that I have to oh, eventually shit. Yeah, get I around to. That. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think that's part of it. But hey, when you get to it, you get to it. It's true. Good games always stay good games, even if they get a little dated. That's yeah. all. The only person that the only thing that changes is you. Mm. Yeah, the games are still good. It's kind of deep, dude. Yeah, yeah, feel very, deep. Very introspective. Let me tell you, man. Nothing like a little heartbreak to make you introspective. Yo, that's the name of our company, Introspective Games. Ooh. Yeah. I like it. Somebody takes it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nobody would ever get to the end of this episode. To no, 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 yeah. no, never. Unless they were fast scrubbing through the episode. No, yeah, we, we, we lost them back at Capcom. <laughs> All right, let's close this one. Let's I want to eat. I'm getting hungry. I want food. Yeah. Maybe I'll order some Chinese food Ooh. or ramen. Nice. You got the inner Kiryu in you. So you get a heat attack in Yakuza Kiwami 2 mm-hmm. where in a certain alley, a guy cooks a whole thing of ramen for you, throws it in your hand, and then you just throw it in a guy's fucking face. That's awesome. <laughs> Burn their eyes. Fucking brutal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Good night. Good night.